podcast that exists That's yeah right we've only been troubleshooting this for the past what 45 minutes at least right yeah about yeah. hey everybody uh welcome to the podcast um i'm patrick murphy we're here with mike finley and our special guest today is alex grieve you might know him as ib crazy he's the antenna guru guy and he we're going to talk to him about um well, one thing I want to talk to him about is his uh, FPV uh, wing racing league that he's helping to develop. And I also want to pick his brain and see what he's up to these days in uh, in his little, uh, I shouldn't say little, in his awesome electronic workshop there. <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, if you guys can see uh, the camera behind me, this is, this is a laboratory, I call it. I call it my lab. It's a, a the room is seven by nine. So it's not really a bedroom. It's more of like a nursery for a young child. And I know the kid who lived in this room before I was before I moved in was six foot two. So I'm not quite <laughs> sure how he fit. But I've turned this into my little laboratory, and it's packed full of all kinds of stuff. You know, I mean, you can see the boxes. My old oscilloscope. That oscilloscope is from the 1950s. That one's from the 1990s. That one's not so old. But but that, I love that. No digital anything. It's all vacuum tubes. Wow. Does it um, still work? Oh, yeah. It still works great. I got wow. that when I was in college. The great thing is, is digital electronics will lie to you if, you know, if there's something not right. That shows you exactly what you have, and there's no question. It's awesome. Cool. So, so technology yeah. didn't necessarily improve things. No, no. I mean, it's uh, – think about – uh, think about a digital TV or something. When you try to fly FPV, if uh, if you get interference, it goes blue screen of death, right? right that's not right. what you want to do. You want to show the static, and that's kind of what this oscilloscope does. If there's something that's not right, it will still show you what's there. So my okay. first actual um, work in radio was on that oscilloscope. Uh, oh, wow. I built, I built okay. transmitters and tested them on that oscilloscope. And the reason I cool. did is even though the frequency that, uh, that I was transmitting on my little transmitter um, was not in range at all, um, it, was it would show me um, like a, a, the, the pattern on the screen even though it couldn't – because it doesn't scan. It just gives output. So I could see my amplitude, that kind of stuff, and I could calculate my frequency. So it was pretty interesting. I mean, that was my college days. Um, obviously, cool. I've come a long way since then, but – yeah. yeah, long way yeah, well, from where you were. Yeah, long way. <laughs> yeah, so um, that, that's one thing I wanted to talk to you about was, you know, what what is your background? How did you get into electronics? Um, that that kind of thing. You, you know, where most how did you end up? Don't believe it. 
when I when I tell people my background and and they go, what? Because it, it's the truth is is RC it was a hobby. Radio control was never meant to be. I've been I've been flying radio controlled airplanes since I was like sixteen or seventeen. I think I was seventeen years old when I got my first plane. Um, and I but I've been driving RC cars since I was three. My dad came back from Hong Kong when I was three years old, bought me an RC car, and the addiction started right there. Cool. That was thirty one years ago, wow. almost thirty two years ago. Um, I still remember it was a little Tyson. It was called Tyson, and it was a little Porsche. Loved it. So uh, that started my obsession. But my background, my professional background, actually has absolutely zero to do with radio, radio-controlled, FPV, even microelectronics. I actually, um, professionally, before I started VAS, actually while I was starting VAS, um, worked for high-voltage equipment companies. Basically, I didn't touch it if it was under... Uh, 7,000 volts. Basically, 7,000 volts is where I started. Oh, I did high-voltage switch gear, high-voltage power supplies. Um, I worked as a field serviceman. I used to service uh, electric arc furnaces, which are you want to know. You want to know true power? Go watch. Go let an electric arc furnace turn on and just just listen to just thousands of pounds of steel just bang inside uh, of a of a can of one of these big ladles. And don't think of it as soup ladle. I mean, it's like the size of a house, and you just hear this most violent crash. Um, they drop three electrodes in, and it basically creates a short circuit, and the steel just rips itself to shreds by electromagnetism. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I made the equipment that does that, that, that's thir- I, that, that, that runs that stuff. Uh, oh, that and, then like I worked, and then after that, I worked for the power utility doing hydroelectric and a, a combustion turbine generators. Cool. Wow. Uh, these were usually anywhere from 75 all the way up to 400 megawatts. And some of you flight test guys are probably familiar with First Energy. So, because uh, I know that it supplies the Ohio guys power. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that was, that, I did that. I did the, the you know, power plants there. Um, and just to give you an idea, 400 megawatts is enough to run approximately, you know, 10,000 homes. I mean, it, it, these wow. aren't. These are these are monstrous, monstrous machines. Um, you know the hand tools, the the, the hand tools um, are twelve feet long, and they they attach in multiple sections. They weigh like three hundred pounds. So to get this up a ladder, you know you climb up with a fifty pound tool in your hand, and then somebody gives you the extensions to plug into it, so you can actually break the nut free. And these nuts are like you know, nine to 12 inches in diameter on these hydro plants. Oh, I yeah. mean, we, we don't call them pipes. We call them penstock because they're 22 feet in diameter and they take 350 PSI. I mean, oh. this is not small equipment. Okay. This is no. unbelievable yeah. equipment. And then from there, I actually started working for a chemical plant for a little while. Um, you know, uh, work, we, we, we actually made PVC pipe, which believe it or not, PVC pipe is made from three of the most unbelievably dangerous substances known to man. Um, <laughs> it's, it's PVC is polyvinyl chloride. So it's, it's yeah. uh, believe it or not, it starts with propane gas and salt water. PVC okay. plastic is made from propane gas and salt water. But the two things they turn it into immediately after it goes to those stages are unbelievably, well, the three things are unbelievable. They, uh, the salt gets broken down with high voltage equipment, hence my part of this, um, and it gets split 
uh, through what's called an electrolyzer, and it would turn into hydrochloric acid and sodium hydroxide. There you go. These are the most unbelievably toxic substances known to man. Um, they will eat your skin off on contact, and the concentration levels are unbelievable. Uh, wow. Strangely enough, the sodium hydroxide would freeze 55 degrees, so you'd see these white, what look like snowballs on the ground around the plants. Like, don't touch those. That's it. No. That <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then, of course, we would then break down the hydrochloric acid and create chlorine gas, which is unbelievably right. dangerous. toxic yeah. as well. So, yeah, it was kind of interesting. It was a giant chemistry set. And uh, so after uh, after that, I then uh, worked for Delta Star making mobile power stations. So, um, you know, if you had to take a power station out of service or, you know, you had a hurricane roll through or whatever that took out your power system, you could literally hook this up to a truck pull it in and it would just unfold into this massive power system. You hook it up to the power grid and you've got power again. Um, and, uh, and, and I was working for Delta star when I started VAS and you know, all this high voltage stuff that, you know, high voltage, high power. And now I'm dealing with, you know, you know, five volts, a couple of milliamps here. It's just a completely different world. Um, yeah. One extreme so, to the other for sure. Yeah, it is. And so my background really, the radio was actually a hobby. Um, you know, I meddled with it in college because I thought the idea of, of transmitting something without wires was just cool. Um, and my success was very limited. I actually tried to make a, a transponder lap counter system for RC cars that didn't work. Um, that la later turned into a laser system that I literally just threw out uh, when I was visiting my parents over Thanksgiving. Um you know, and it worked, but um, it was kind of archaic. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I, I tinkered with it. I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, FPV needed needed antenna refinement. We were using Wi-Fi antennas that just were terrible. And I kind of took that as my cue to research it. And um, I'm all self-taught. It's uh, almost everything I have is um, pretty archaic. Um Actually, it's it, it was. I I don't have a PhD. I don't have these unbelievable programs. I have a free software program called 4NEC2. I've got the ARRL antenna book sitting up there somewhere, and I've got the internet, and that's pretty much everything I used. That's awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it it's um. The nice thing is, is I could I turn my hobby into into my profession, and I would encourage anybody who's in who has an interest that you can turn into a business to to go for it, um, because your passion is what drives you. That's what's going to make you successful. Um, yep. That doesn't mean jump into something that nobody's interested in, but if you see something budding, you it's I would encourage anybody to jump into it. And if they want a little advice here or there, uh, they know where to find me. I, I'm always happy to help somebody's dreams uh, become a reality. So, yeah, that's, that's so cool. Cause you know, every, everybody is always scared to do it. It's always, well, maybe I will, maybe I won't, you know, if, if you're, especially if you're young enough, if you're young enough, jump in the middle of it, man. Cause the worst thing that can happen is, is it fail. You can always start again. Well, that's the thing is, is, is the people who are, are safest to start are young or retired. Um, yep. but somebody once told me, actually my former boss 
um, who I have a heck of a lot of respect for, once told me, he said, if you're comfortable, you're not growing. Um, so you've got to get a little uncomfortable to learn and, and to grow and expand. And, um, you know, sometimes you fail. But, you know, yeah. when, if people are worried about failing, all I ask them is this. When was the last time your life didn't work out? Just tell, just tell me, when did it not exactly. work out? Um, yeah, exactly. So That's my philosophy, bro. Yeah. So life just works. Absolutely. Life just works. Um, yep. You know, I, I mean, I get frustrated like, like everybody else, but I've had some rough times. But, you know, overall, I, I just don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, as long as I'm yeah. enjoying myself, well, you what can't. does it matter? You know, you yeah. can't, really. So... Well, no, that's that's awesome, man. That's that's a hell of a story. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. Just don't worry about it. Yeah, well, here's, here's it works the thing. out. The problem is, is we grow older by force. We grow up by choice, and a lot mm -hmm. of people they grow up and forget about their childhood. In fact, um, when I got the reminder, hey, you got a podcast an hour, I'm like, oh yeah, I got to get a shower because I was literally at a trampoline gym. And I was the oldest person there. And I was playing dodgeball with these kids. We were jousting on balance beams. I don't that care what you want. Let's face it. What do I do for a living? I make toys. <laughs> you know? That is great, man. You know, this is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, we they just opened it up recently. And I'm like, you know, we're going to go check this out. So, you know, here's a 34-year-old man jumping around with a bunch of kids on trampolines. <laughs> I don't care. Well, I'm sorry to drag you away from the trampolines for this, man. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that sounds like a lot more fun. Yeah, sounds like more fun talking to us for sure. Well, I got pretty worn out, man. I, that was, I'll tell you what, that, you, you want to jump around on a trampoline for an hour. That, you know, I, I know that there are all these gyms out there and get in shape and this kind of stuff. Nobody ever sticks with it because it stinks. Let's face it, yeah. going to the gym stinks. That yes. was fun. Just swallow <laughs> yep. your pride. Don't be an adult. Be a kid again. They treat as soon as you start acting like a kid, the kids look at you like a kid until you yeah. have a dodgeball in your hand and you're ready to throw it. They go, "Well, this is a pretty big kid. This is gonna come in." <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't have much of an arm, I didn't play baseball or football or anything, uh, so I don't have much of an arm. So there's some, there are some kids probably uh, there's some older guys that are probably 17 or 18 that can holy smokes when they throw that thing. <laughs> So, so they started to realize that I didn't have half the arm that they did not to worry about. They said, so that's all right. <laughs> you know? That old dude's weak. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it's not a problem. Yeah, you know? We can and take they, him down. No problem. And they did. <laughs> they did. Um, oh, sure. Especially when they find out they can. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, I, I ended up being much more limber than most of them. I could get out of the way much better than most of them. I just couldn't throw back worth a crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My aim was awful. Oh, you know, so yeah, but you know, can... it's, let's face it. We, we're children at heart and we shouldn't forget that. Um, yes. that's what life's about. That's what makes life fun. I mean, why, why we play with toy airplanes all day, right? Absolutely. I mean, I'm surrounded by them. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I mean, there's there's something that I've been modeling. This plane's eight years old, nine years old now, and 
I, since I already designed it, flies really well, I decided, well, I'm probably going to redesign it as a manufactured product and release it. And since it's all designed, it should take me all of about three hours to do. Yeah, right. That yeah. I started on that about <laughs> five weeks ago. Okay, I yeah, life gets in the way, other projects get in the way, and I just really haven't touched it. <laughs> so I, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. But you're talking yeah, to a guy who's got a CNC laser in his basement and a CNC foam cutter in his side room. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, those are my other toys. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. You, well, you we're need a three D printer. Do you have a three D printer? Uh, I'm going to CES in Las Vegas on uh, and uh, you know, for that and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll get to the racing thing. Um, yeah. there's gonna be a race yeah. in Las Vegas and I'm meeting up with Eric Fawkes of LAS drones. And he and I are gonna go check out the three D printers and, and I'm gonna end up buying one and bring it back. Awesome. So, there you go. Yeah, so speaking of the race thing, um, well, you've been throwing out the acronym for your, your company, VAS. That's Video Aerial Systems. For anybody who doesn't know, I'm pretty sure people that are listening do know. But uh, um, Some people do. Yeah. So uh, what really caught my interest with you, well, you've been around for a while uh, on the uh, on the interwebs, and you've been really a, a, a great resource of knowledge with your how-to videos i've watched so many uh, way back it seems like way back in the day now watch so many of your your antenna videos and such and so but but you came along with this fpv uh wing racing association where you're you're kind of you're bringing it to a point where anybody anywhere can participate in this league they don't even have to show up to race to qualify um, can, can you talk about where, how, where, where is this idea born out of, and, and where is it in development, and, and anything you want to talk about about it? Well, uh, first, I, I'm going to tell you that the it actually came out of a disaster, like many things. Um, if anybody went to the Drone Nationals, they realized that it was we had plenty of bad words for it. It, it didn't mm -hmm. turn out very well. And they they kept pushing our times back. And then uh, when it was finally our time to fly, you know, five hours later, they gave us a turd. They, they basically pushed us over a hill into a backfield so we wouldn't bother anybody. Um, because they said, eh, you know, nobody really cares about the wing racers. And so we're walking down this wannabe track. And, and I, I started looking at um, – I started looking at Johnny McGurchian from uh, Team Legit. And uh, he and I had really not known each other very well at that point. And I, I'm like, is it me or do you, do we, do I feel like, do, did we just get screwed? And he was like, yeah. And then a couple of other guys like started going, yeah, what, what is up with this? Said, hey guys, if we're all on the same page, let's write our own rules. And so that started it. And we wrote our own rules that day. And, and we walked back up to the, to the, to the, the, um, uh, the race director and said, we're going to give our time up to the quad pilots so that they can fly um, because you are way far behind. We're going to give up our spot while we figure out what we are going to do. And they looked at us like, what? It was like, we are not doing what you want us to do. That's garbage. We were going to come up with something better. And um, so we had that night 
because they put us onto the schedule for the first thing in the morning. We had to figure it out that night. So wow. we just, we came up with a racetrack. We came up with a, with a schedule. We figured out our penalty system, how it was going to run, everything. And the next morning, we got done early. Wow. Um, oh, wow. We got done early. And, there's the, and we got done an, uh, an hour earlier than what they – than what they had planned for us oh because God. they weren't. And this, the thing was, is they needed, we needed to wait for them. We showed up at eight o'clock and we're ready to start. They're going, well, we don't have our goggles set up. We don't have our ground station set up. Like guys, we're ready to go. Come on, let's do this. Um, and so at eight 30, we started it five after nine, we were done. Um, wow. And it made a lot of the quad guys jealous because they couldn't, they can't come together like we did. And they want, I know they wanted to, but there's just too many of them and, and it's just too noisy. And the wing guys, we just united like that. That was it. Yeah. Um, so then, you guys literally sat down together that night, hashed yep. it out, and were ready to go. That's incredible, dude. That That's a fantastic well, story. The next day, well, that, that day after we, after we ran our first heat, um, the quad guys were very upset. We were coming back on the boat and the quad guys were very upset. And I'm like, guys, if you are willing to unite in one voice, you can fix this. You can fix this. And they said, well, how are we going to do that? I said, I've been talking to a lot of people. I will lead you, but you have to agree to follow. You know, I have no problem. Well, let's just say some people who shall remain nameless um, who were sponsoring the event didn't want that to happen and, and undermined it, created some bad words uh and, th and said some bad things about me to make sure that didn't happen oh, they tried to do that in the wings but it didn't happen with the wings um and the wings that on the in the championship day stole the show people people were watching like oh my god these are loud they're fast they're aggressive they they really like it i mean the wings just attract everybody on the island over to watch the races because you couldn't ignore them um no, I, awesome. I watched them on espn3 and i loved it yeah because they're easier to see, they're predictable, they're not very erratic, the course is pretty obvious, so it's a lot easier for a spectator to watch without FPV goggles. And then um, right. then came, we formed the FPV WRA, which is First Person View Fixed Wing Racing Association, right then and there. And it kind of stalled out because the DSA approached us, um, namely Merrill and I, and said, you know, we screwed up. And you guys know what you're doing. We would be honored if you came to Drone Worlds and we'll fix it. And uh, so I didn't really believe them. But uh, Merrill, who is our wing director, said I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I was going to boycott the event, and he talked me out of it. And I said, yeah, I'll go, I'll go for you. And Drone Worlds was even worse. This I mean, was out was in Hawaii, right? That was the one in Hawaii. It was absolutely horrible. I actually had to change the track six times. Uh, Ken Kozarowski and I set the track up with, with some help from Anthony Watton. Uh, you know, we just kind of, we put up six different tracks because I said, oh, you can't do that. Oh, you can't do that. Well, you didn't give us the track we, you had told us we were going to get. You gave us nothing. So now we're struggling to continually change this track because you keep telling us we can't do these things. Um, and then they didn't give us any turn marshals, no judges, no nothing. So I started going to the after parties and recruiting people to show up at 7 o'clock in the morning to um, actually judge turns. And wow. to the wing pilots, it actually turned out well. To anybody organizing it, it was like it was a nightmare. 
but the pilots felt that it was the pilots generally felt that it ran as best as it could. Um, you know, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't good, but it wasn't terrible either. Uh, despite 30 mile an hour crosswinds, it was unbelievable. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, I mean, it just, I mean, Hawaii is windy and, and, and yeah. it was just unreal. It's like flying in an earthquake. Uh, cause you're in a Canyon. So the, it's real turbulent. Oh man. Um, so after this, um, we come, I come back from Hawaii and I get a hold of Merrill and I say, can you help me make FPV WRA a reality? Because he knows business. I'm not a businessman. Um, and he said, if you agree to lead it, Alex, I will, I will join you and help set it up. <clears throat> so he appointed me the wing commander. He's the wing director. And our third member is Tom McCullough, who is our um, – he does all of our artwork. And all, he does the website design. He's mostly in charge of the website and that kind of stuff. And Tom is – the great thing is we're, we all come from different backgrounds. I'm an engineer, but I also have a company of my own um, that I'm running. And Merrill is more of a businessman, and he likes organization. To me, organized means I know where I last put it, not that it has a home. Um, and, and Tom, and Tom doesn't have he doesn't really. He comes from a completely different angle. Um, he doesn't have the same background that Merrill has or that I have, and so he has that third dynamic that. We come from different areas, so we look at things very differently. Uh, Merrill's the business end. Tom's our art, art side and our advertising side, <clears throat> and I'm the engineer. And we look at this through different directions to make sure that it's set up properly. Now, because I have a business and FPV WRA is nonprofit, if there is a conflict of interest, I step out and those two run the show um, because I don't want this to be – an advertisement for my company. I want this to make wing racing successful, no matter whether it's a promotion for my company or not. That's irrelevant. I just want to see it happen. And we all feel the same way. So we've put up a, a good sum of money to make it happen with no intent on getting it back. Um, wow. Just to make it happen. Wow. And wow. The, um, the thing is, is we are experienced wing racers. Merrill is very experienced running events. I am experienced in racing. Uh, Tom is experienced in racing and running events. So we've, we put our experience together. I wrote all of the rules except for two or three. And, um, and we put it out there. And, uh, you know, whenever you do this, you're always going to get people who are unhappy. But uh, he who builds every man's advice shall have a crooked house. <laughs> and so – Really, the rules are written by me, almost me alone, and I, I ask the community, how does this sound? I want their feedback, but in the end, the final, the final decision is mine, but I'm not I, – I ask for feedback and quest, I ask questions because I don't know everything, and it's naive to think I do. But then again, I, these people uh, – it seems people uh, do trust me and that I have their best interest at heart. And so, uh, honestly, it's gone very well so far. We haven't had our first races in Las Vegas. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And my goal is that everybody walks away from that event with a big smile on their face and they can't wait for the next next race. Awesome. So what, well, when does this take that's place? That's all you really want. Right. Well, that's 
that's the thing is if, if, if people walk away talking about it, word will spread and it will grow. Um, the thing is with airplanes is you can advertise very well. You can put a big GoPro label on it, a Red Bull or whatever, where a quad is kind of hard to do. But you yep. can do that with an airplane. And so it does open up the door for professionally sponsored pilots outside of RC aircraft and FPV. And, and that's what I really want to see is people who can make this their profession. I would really like to see this. Merrill told me his goal was, or his ideal goal is in six or seven years, fly full scale aircraft without a pilot on board. Wow. Because oh you my. can pull, well, think about it. An airplane can only maneuver as hard as the pilot can survive. Yeah. Well, yep. if the pilot's on the ground, it doesn't matter. Here's the other thing. You can take bigger risks because there's because if you crash, you crash a piece of equipment. Nobody dies. But you know what happens when you crash? The crowd cheers. They love it. Yeah. Big boom, oh, yeah. fireball parts everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you can That's NASCAR. Right. Well, no, 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 no. That's not NASCAR. Well, without NASCAR got Well, without without well, you know what right. I'm saying, though. I mean, it's right. it's like NASCAR without anybody getting hurt. Right. Well, the thing is, is Red Bull Air Races, you can only have, it's it's a time trial thing. <laughs> That's because they're worried about mid-air collisions. We're not. Yep. You know, <laughs> collisions be like, whoa. I mean, you know, yeah, you're hoping for a, a few, right? <laughs> right. So, and, and let's face it. I mean, the cost of this, the cost of setting up an event like that is so great that the cost of two or three airplanes, even full-size airplanes in these companies is nothing. They'd love just to have the video of that crash would oh make them God. more money than, is, than than what it costs to replace the airplane. I would so watch that. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, no kidding. So that is our dream. That is what we want to happen. Um, but, our, but right now, we don't have that advertisement. We don't have that sponsorship. So our focus is on the pilots. We need to have the pilots. We need to groom the pilots to be that level. We need the pilots to love what they do and, and, and believe in what we do before that to happen. So um, now the, there, is, there is a downside to it, unfortunately, and that's based on how we started. There is a... And I don't like this rule. In fact, none of us do. It's a necessary evil. And people always bring it up. So I'll bring it up outright before I talk about the rest of the organization. If you sign up with the FPV WRA, you are signing up as a contract that you will only race in FPV WRA sanctioned races. Okay. Our intent is to sanction everybody who wants to race. In other words, if somebody has a race and they want it to be FPV WRA sanctioned. All they have to do is ask and prove that, you know, this is a serious, you know, that they're going to take the race seriously and they're not going to, they're going to cater to the pilots and not sponsors. Now, obviously if you're a club race or something like that is nothing. We don't care. We're talking about for monet, if there's a prize for winning the race, there's a monetary value because the DSA effectively destroyed racing, FPV racing as a, as a sport. And we are trying to revive that. So we need to keep groups like that out. It's not to disclude any organization that wants to race. It's to disclude those that would destroy it for the sake of profit. That's what, it, that's what that clause is about. And so our intent is to partner up with other organizations because we have a structure. We have a standard. You know, Nobody's really focused on wing racing right now. 
except mm-hmm. us. So we have this here, like you can adopt our rules, you can adopt our standards of conduct, our classes and that kind of stuff. And, and, and you know what, you can call us and we'll just show up to you and run the race for you um, if you want to do that. And that's, that's the goal, is just to make it just that. So there is an exceptional, there is that clause, but I tell people this, look, if you join and decide you don't like it, you can always leave. It costs you nothing to join, it's free. And if you decide that that clause is a problem because there is another – obviously, you wouldn't leave until there's another wing racing organization. Um, but if there was one that you believed in and that we didn't, um, then you're welcome to leave. You, you can just you can just say, hey, guys, I, I, I don't believe you should exclude these guys, and I, I want to go with them, and you're welcome to do that. So, so did you just say that there's no membership fee for this? No, of course not. I want oh. this to I want this to thrive. I want people to be happy. I'm covering the cost right now. Meryl and I are covering it. That's I don't care. I just want people to I look, when you have a good race, everybody's smiling. Everybody's happy. That feeling of joy, you can't put a price tag on it. And so I'm not going to. I'll pay it. You know, I'll I'll pay for the event. I'll pay for setting it up. And hopefully I'll get a couple sponsors that'll help me take that cost over but right now it's coming out of pocket the pocket of Merrill and I you know and and that's okay so how many events are going on right now I mean how many how many people are part of of this league at this point or or are you very new has it been around for a little while and I've just never heard of it it's officially been around three weeks Uh, so it's very new yeah we have over we have just over 100 pilots right now um, signed up and we already have people running trials. Um, awesome. Our first race is in Vegas. Our second race is in Florida on uh, in uh, February during Central Florida. Our third race is up here in May at the Stone Blue uh, Flying Circus. Okay. Um, you know, and the other events haven't even been organized yet, so we haven't even worked on any anything else. But the first three FPV events are these races. So, so, uh, so we're, when, we're on. When, when is Vegas? Vegas is January 5th through the 9th. Oh, wow. Or 5th, 8th. Sorry, I'm just going to... 5th through the 8th. We'll put some documentation in the... Yeah. In the YouTube thing and and all that. Yeah, so... And and the thing is, our focus, again, is on the pilots. We want the pilots. We don't care. We don't... We care about the pilots walking away ready for the next race. They they don't want to leave. They want to keep racing. That is the event we want to have. Right. The, the feedback that we've, we've heard through uh, some folks that we've talked to with the podcast and, and what general sense I've got is that the, the frustration with, with the organization that run, ran Drone Nationals and Drone Worlds was that they, they put the sponsorship first versus making it a pilot's race and focusing right. on... And from the there pilot. we could... Right. And, and from there, we can talk about multi-GP, which the organization is completely different. They focused on the pilots. I was at their championship. <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah, and I Chris, asked, Chris is a great guy, too. So I asked Chris Thomas, will you allow me to experiment? I want to race 16 pilots on the same track at once. I wanted to talk to and you about went, that. I saw yes. Yeah. <laughs> he literally looked Well, we wanted to said, ask you, you about think, it. He literally said, if you think you can do it, go do it. And I did. I got 16 pilots together. Granted, it was a pain to organize them, but I basically took the people who didn't qualify for the championships, and I said, if you want to be part of this world record, sit down, 
in these chairs. And when they sat down, I said, okay, front row, you're band A. Back row, you're band E. And went down, went one, two, three, all through eight, that's your channel. Get it set, get it ready. Everybody check your goggles and, and, and make sure you're good. And what I did, I started handing out antennas. Odd numbers were left hand, even numbers were right hand. And the way that works is left hand doesn't talk to right hand. Try to shake somebody's hand when they hold out their left hand. It just doesn't work. Same yeah. thing here. So what, what happens, and I've got a whole video on how this works. Um, it's called the IBC. Uh, my, one of the guys that helped me do the graphics called the IBC 16. So that's kind of what we named it, um, is how it's done. And I did it with, I, um, basically, it, it, basic, it works on the fact that two frequencies, uh, um, 20 megahertz apart, are too close. But if you use opposite rotation antennas, and they have to be high axial ratio, they can't be cheap junk. Um, believe it or not, some of the antennas I manufactured don't work. Um, you know, like my skew planer wheel, my cloverleaf don't work. Spironets don't work. Um, AOM ways don't work. Um, but you, because you need that axial ratio, and what that does is that allows the pilots to reject that those two channels next door. It never comes through. So it makes their 200 milliwatt transmission look to your system like they're only transmitting at four milliwatts, but your look, but it, your system is looking at a four or 200 milliwatt signal. So that that's the that's the underlying point. And I've done it with quads. We put 18 in the air because two are HD. Um, then we did 16 wings in the air uh, later that year. Did it with wings, and we actually raced with 16 in the air. We did a 16 wing race. We did a 16 quad race. Wow. Um, and people that's loved it. Amazing. There was so much air traffic. It was just cool. Um, and the winner of the world, uh, the first time we did it, his name is Chris Arroyo. So he was our champion um, of the quad race. And the funny thing was, is the reason he got, the reason he ended up in that 16 pilot race and not in the championship race is because his Tyrannus radio was taking out his own video. Oh, and no. so I dismantled his radio, cut, I actually had an extension cable. I cut a cable put it inside his radio. Uh, Hugo Salinas from Aerial Visions had an old crossfire antenna that he wasn't using. I cut it down, screwed it into his radio, and fixed it. And so if you're wondering where people, all are, all these people are coming about modding their Tyrannus, it came from him talking about, it really worked. He fixed my Tyrannus like this. Oh, my gosh. So that's where that <laughs> so came cool. So that's, and of course, Steel modified his, Steel Davis modified yeah, his, I, and Tommy modified his, you know. Uh, yeah, I just, I just saw that video of Steel's. Well, we had, we were like, he's like, I can't race because I can't see. And I'm like, well, um, get, give me your radio. I'll see what I can do. And we fixed it. <laughs> so, um, so that's where that came from. So, um, you know, that's the thing is, when after that 16 pilot race, everybody was like, man, that was so much fun. I want to do it again. So we did it again. <laughs> we just set up and did it again. <laughs> you know? And what I That's found great. funny is the first time, the first time that we ran it, two guys couldn't take off because they couldn't connect to their quad. Their video was great, but their, their transmitter <laughs> wouldn't reach their quad. So like after the race started, they ran down to their quad to arm it, get it off the ground, then drop the goggles and kept flying. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know? So it was kind of interesting. But, uh, you know, it was, it proved that, you know, it, it proved that it could be done if you can get people, if you can give people a structure and, right. and that they could follow instead of, 
catering to whatever. Um, right. So, and, and so I've learned a lot. I mean, I've run a lot of wing races. That was my first quad race that I ever ran. Go figure, trial by fire, 16 at once, <laughs> very first quad race I ever ran. Um, but, you know, but I'm very experienced with wing racing. And so I kind of applied what I knew to wings. Um, granted, um, you know, everybody laughs at me for being a wing guy in the quad world, but I don't know if you guys remember Flight Fest last year. I won the quad, uh-huh. the beginner quad race with a wing. Yep. Everybody's like, why? I'm like, because I can't fly a quad through these stupid gates. I'm terrible at it, but I can fly a wing through. Everybody's like, no way. I'm like, watch me. Yep, <laughs> I remember like, that. Yep. <laughs> yep, little 27-inch EPP Sphinx. You know, it was, yes. it was funny. Everybody's like, I cannot believe you just did that. I was like, man, I'm a wing guy. That's what I do. So, um, you know, so the FPV WRA borrows a lot from multi-GP, um, but we aren't multi-GP. Um, we're a different organization. Multi-GP needs to focus on quads. The real reason the FPV WRA started is because multi-GP dropped their wing championship. They talked about doing it in December and February. He got a venue and all that kind of stuff. I designed a track, and then the hurricane hit, and he said, you know, I just can't do this right now. And we went, okay, well – we're sick of the wings getting the short end of the stick. We need an organization that focused on wings. And Chris, it's Chris Thomas's credit. He, he made a good point. He's like, I don't race wings. I really don't know that much about it. And I don't want to make a championship turn to crap because I don't know what I'm doing. And, but we do. And, and that was the thing is like, I told him we do. He's like, yeah, but I don't, and I don't feel comfortable. I'm like, all right, fine. So we started this organization because we know wing racing and we can make it happen. And it's a and we borrowed a lot of stuff from Chris Thomas. We have our WTC tracks, and that's Wing Trial Course, and that's very much like Chris Thomas's UTT. The only difference is the UTT is fastest. Well, there are a couple of differences. UTT is the fastest one lap. To that, I say even a blind squirrel finds a nut. Okay, even I can make a fast lap on a UTT track. I, it just takes me a lot of propellers and arms, <laughs> but I can do it. <laughs> WTC, it's your fastest three consecutive laps you have to do three consecutive laps so it's not just one lucky lap you can get a lucky lap you're not going to get three so and 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 you could these all these they're five tracks they all fit inside a football field Mm -hmm. and they're different varying levels of difficulty level one's tough i mean it's not easy but because you can practice and practice and practice and practice yeah it's got to be difficult but you can, it doesn't mean it's hard to do. It means it's hard to do well. Uh, I believe that a track, a good track is very hard to fly fast, but it's easy enough that an intermediate pilot can fly it. Okay. And, and after three or four batteries, I was flying at wide open throttle on our spec wing the whole time going, I need something harder. So, um, so we, I, there, there are five tracks, one levels, one through five. Level two is they have a gate. It's a 26 foot, 26 and a half foot arc gate that you can make out of PVC pipes pretty cheap and easy. Yeah, I, I watched your videos earlier today on making those. Those are sweet. Yeah. yeah, very simple. Now, it's hard to see. I tell people mark it with two flags so you know where it is, and then you just shoot between the flags low. It'll show up by the time you get there. Um, but it's it, they're all a handful of flags and one gate, so they're really, really easy to set up tracks, and they fit in a football field. Um, WTC2. Um, adds a switch back and a 270 degree turn plus a gate. Uh, level three is an, 
is you go through the first gate, you pull an Immelman and immediately dive for the second gate and pull another awesome. Immelman out of that. That's not easy. No. Level four, <laughs> there are two gates. And the first one you have to hit in a turn. So you're mid-turn trying to hit a gate. And that's very difficult to do in a wing. Because a wing, you make your turn by pulling up. And that's what gains you altitude. And that's not what you want. Wings want to climb in turns. So, yeah, it's not easy. So you basically have to put your plane on edge and let it fall as it comes through this turn to wow. make that gate. And then the next gate is right behind it. So it's like two gates in a row. And then you and, and then the next turn is sharp as heck. And level five is holy smokes. It's two gates that are in a straight line. You don't have to hit them in a turn. But you hit two gates and you make this winding, winding chicane that's incredibly tight. And but before you get into that gate, there's a 270 degree turn that you hit. You hit this 270, come out of the 270, enter another switchback, and then right into the gates. Wow, it's man. tough. It's really tough, but it's a lot of fun. Um, and that's the point: is these pilots are going to get better. So as they get better, they step up to the next mm -hmm. wing level track, and then they step up sure. to the next one. And these tracks are so small; they fit almost anywhere. So that's the idea. They can be set up just about anywhere. They're universal. Um, you know, and, and the wow. thing is, is they just require a couple of flags. And the rule is, if you want to try what plane to use, use whatever plane you want. You know, I, it doesn't matter. You want to use a 1,000-watt monster? Go for it. Good luck, but go for it. You want to use a <laughs> arrow? Go for it. You know, you want to use a Spectre airplane? Go for it. I don't care what you use. I care that you try. And you record your fastest three laps, and you, and you submit your fastest three laps for review. We have to see that you hit every flag and you hit every gate, and then we record your time on, on the website, and you're nationally ranked like that. Awesome. So, um, so, you know, That's and obviously the top-ranked pilots will move on to our championship. You know? Wow. That's, That's really awesome. Well, there's more to it. There's more to it. Um, We've got four categories because, as you know, there's a lot of different variation in wings than there is with quads. Quads, it's pretty much your 250s and 180s, and you can put them on the same track. And then other than that, you have your tiny ones. Okay, those are, those are basically what you've got. Um, yep. And what you've got for wings is very vastly different. So we have three classes. We have mini, which caters to multi-rotors. We want multi-rotor pilots to get into wing racing, and all they have to buy is an airplane and two servos. So they all their batteries cross over, their motors cross over, all that kind of stuff, um, and they're ready to race. So they're just ready to jump into wings so easily. And then we've got the spec class where everything's specified, not the manufacturer, but the design type, the way it's built, that kind of stuff. So it doesn't cater to any specific manufacturer. And I encourage people to build these wings at home, out of foam board, or cut them from hot wire. And right now there are four companies making this spec wing. Um, and it is my design. I've come up with, I've come into a lot of criticism for it because people are, don't like it, you know, that, and then they fly it and they go, okay, I was wrong. I love it. <laughs> like guys, don't bash it till you try it because it looks goofy. It looks like a boomerang, but everybody agrees. Yeah, it's a great race wing. Uh, and then we've got our sport class, which is flying wing. And that's, you know, 34 to, to 40 inch wingspan or 43 inch wingspan. And these are your serious high power rocket ships. I mean, this is, this is like yeah. the real loud screamers. And then we have our unlimited class. 
and unlimited classes like monster ships. And unlimited means unlimited power. You want to put three kilowatts in that thing? Go for it. <laughs> okay? But this is not multiple laps around all track. This is like we are going to do long-range obstacle courses. There might be a tree corridor. There might be a ravine. There might be a mountain you have to surf. You might be doing chicanes in and out of trees. So this is like one, maybe two laps, really long-range, big, loud, monstrous airplanes. So each is a little bit different. And the rules come of each category come from my experiences in running these. Like, for example, the uh, mini class is a 300-watt limit. And I know the, I know the guys who uh, the Horizon Hobby did not like that because the theory is a 500-watt airplane bone stock. And they said, well, what about our theory? And it's like your theory can't run for a three-minute race on a multi-rotor battery. It'll kill the battery. At 300 watts, your plane, your battery at an 1100 Four cell battery will not make the race, yeah. um, but a thirteen hundred three cell or four cell will, and that is the most common multi rotor battery. So that's where the power limit comes from. The other thing is three hundred watts is usually the upper limit for large multi rotor motors. So it just kind of converges there, you know. And the theory can fit there. They just got to prop down a little bit, um, you know. And we've got a we've got a fifty watt penalty for flight controllers because wattage is the biggest divide. So okay. um, we found that wattage was the biggest divider among pilots. So if you have a computer flying your airplane for you or a portion of it for you, you need to take a power penalty. And that penalty seems to be about right. It puts everybody on a level playing field. And the reason we penalize for it is flight controllers and stabilizers are not common in fixed wind. Yeah. So we want right. to encourage people that want to use them to use them, but we don't want those people to have an unfair advantage to people right. who don't. Right. Um, and then, of course, the spec wing, everything's specified. It's all super cheap components, really easy to build airplane. Um, no flight controllers allowed, just straight sticks, 36-inch wingspan. Um, it's, it, this is it. I got it right here. So, um, you know, like I said, it looks like a boomerang. Nice. Um, oh. But it, it flies great. It's a great flying airplane. Um, everybody who's flown it said, yeah, it, it's exact. Anybody who's flown spec wings, like race spec wings, has told me, that's exactly what a spec wing needs to be. It's not the highest performance airplane in the world. It's meant to be a good, solid flying airplane yeah. that races well. It's and these the courses for these are very tight, so you can't have these high power, high weight rocket ships. You need a good mm -hmm. maneuvering airplane. So that's our spec wing, and the specs are kept loose. And it's not because you know I want variation in airframes. I want everybody to be on a level playing field. The specs are loose so we don't disqualify somebody for being, oh, you're not exactly 36, you're 35 and a half. Oh, your sweep isn't 12 inches, it's 11 and a half. No, 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 that's, that's fine. We're gonna, the, the reason for the loose, somewhat loose specs is to allow people that variability. Okay. Um, and then we've got the sport class. And I, you know, I'm not gonna call them out on this. The Kiwis, New Zealanders really need to shut up. Uh -oh. uh, they're like, they keep saying, they keep saying, oh, your power limit is ridiculous. You need to use this and this and this and this and this. And yeah, that's why Team USA beat you at Worlds. Okay? <laughs> All right? You guys brought high-powered fiberglass rocket ships and lost. Okay? Stop. I've heard enough. So, look, there's an 850-watt power limit. And the reason for that is that 850 watts will dissipate 100, approximately 100 watts to heat magnetization. So that leaves about 750 watts. 
750 watts is one horsepower. Okay. Okay. So uh, it basically says plenty. one horsepower. Here's the other side of it. The most common pack people run in these airplanes is a four cell 3700. At 850, at 850 watts during a three minute heat, you have about 150 mil, about 200 to, to 150 to 200 milliamp hours left before that pack is dead flat. Okay. So it basically makes that. So we're, as you can hear, I keep saying three minute race. It's designed around a three minute race. So these, these classes, these categories were designed so that the airplanes that are being brought to the event fit the track. Got you. They're all, so yeah. it's an exciting race. Um, yeah, and, and I don't make the distinction between flying wing, fixed wing, delta wing, whatever. You know, if it's got two control surfaces, it's good enough. You want to run a right wing drag, you know, a mini drag, I guess, go for it. You know, yeah. I don't care if it has a fuselage, just go for it. Um, and there's a there's 150 watt penalty for for a flight controller in that category because obviously the wattage is much higher. Um, and that's that, in my experience, is about right where it needs to be. Okay. Um, and then of course the unlimited class, it's like, basically if you can, you better be able to fly it for three minutes. If it's between 48 and 60 inches of wingspan and you can fly it for three minutes, let's race it. I don't <laughs> care what it is. Let's race it. Um, wow. you know, so these are different categories for different things and cater to different people to get into it. So, and that's the basis of the organization. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, we don't. Obviously, there are airplanes that get left out. Like my Banshee is my favorite airplane. It's a 37-inch wingspan, forward-swept, dual-boom pusher. It's it's the most maneuverable airplane I've got. The problem is it doesn't really fit into a race category. It just doesn't fit anywhere. That And that's unfortunate, but you know what? I can run it on a WTC track and qualify with it that way. But when mm -hmm. it comes race time, yeah, I'll, I'll have to use, choose a different plane. Okay. Um, but I do have my mini wraith, so that's fine. Because my my wraith will run the mini class just fine. <laughs> I just like my banshee a little better because a little more stable. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's the thing is, it's not perfect, but it's a really good start. And we're yeah. going to learn, and we're going to make adjustments as we go on. It's only three weeks old, right? Yeah. And and so it, we're not expecting we're not perfect. But what we have, we know is good, and we're going with it. We're not going to change horses in the middle of the race. We know what we're doing. We are going to keep going with this because we know what we have is good and it works. Um, and that doesn't mean that next year something might, things might not change or they might, they might or might not change. Um, based on the feedback we get from the pilots, we are going to make it better. You know, um, you know that's that's the goal. So yeah, it, it's that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Um, All right. Well, uh, gentlemen, I, I need to take a commercial break right now. So so I'll be back in a second. Carry on. I okay. need to go. Okay. Debalance. Um, no problem. <laughs> no, no problem at all. What, what, I'll, what I'll probably do is, is you know, um, because of the fact that uh, we did have a couple of people we actually asked because we knew oh. we couldn't get this Wix site up. Um, got a couple of people that asked questions, and one of them is Richard Kennedy. And he was okay. asking for the best solution for flying in an indoor all-metal sports complex when you're wanting to uh, get decent video. What what kind of recommendation would you give to somebody that's flying in one of these damn all-metal buildings? I've been asked that a lot. I tell <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> I tell them, if you are standing in a building covered in mirrors, how do you not see a reflection? That is quite exactly. literally what you're asking the video system to do. 
So the way you have to do it is you have to use, if you want the best video, you have to go with a circular system, circularly polarized, with high axial ratio. Um, if they didn't publish the axial ratio, that means they don't have a clue and it probably will not work well. So you need something with an axial ratio of at least 0.6, which means skew planar wheels will not work. Cloverleaf kind of works, just not really well, and that's kind of your bare minimum. Um, but, you know, there are, some other, there are some other antennas out there, like our Cyclone, our Bluebeam Ultras, the uh, Lumineer Axie that just came out, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Those actually do work. And then you need a directional antenna on the receiver. And <clears throat> so I like to use a crosshair because that's really the best, but a helical antenna works really well. You don't want really high gain, you know, you want less than 10, you know, 10 or less dB. Um, and you want it moderately directional, and you want to stand in a corner. That's key. Don't try to stand in the middle of the building. Stand in a corner. Stay and in the, the corner. reason you yeah. well, the reason you do that is the reflection is going to bounce off of one wall, come across your antenna, bounce off the other wall, come out, and never get in. So it really mitigates that reflection problem because the reflections are going to reflect off at the same way they came in, and they'll skip right over the corner. The corner of the buildings are the cleanest part. Are we Best talking about to where to, how to fly it in an all-metal building here? Yep, yep, we are. <laughs> awesome. Stand in a corner with a directional antenna, use high axial ratio circular polarization, and that's it. Sweet. There you go, Richard. Now don't you get know. me wrong. It's not going to be amazing. <laughs> it's gonna, don't get me wrong. You're still going to get multipath pretty hard, but it's going to be the best you can get. I mean, you're, you're flying right. in RF purgatory there, okay? But that's well, and, and you know what I told him. <laughs> I told him, don't fly there. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's not an option for some of us. <laughs> well, exactly. Well, and I understand that. But, you know, I was like, well, just find a new place to fly. I wouldn't fly there if I, you know, get away with it. Right. So, well, yeah, but then, the great thing about indoors, you yeah. have no wind, no nothing, you know. You just got to figure out how to fix yeah, that exactly. video problem, you know. So. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and honestly, and then, uh, I think it will be pretty good for indoor. If you stand in the corner – I run a crosshair and I, like a rotor or clover leaf or cyclone or blue beam ultra or airblade or something like that. It's going to be pretty good. It's going to be surprisingly good. It's just not going to be perfect. So don't expect perfection. Right. Sure. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm sure he probably took that and he's probably going to run with that. I know Richard and he'll, he'll, uh, good. he'll do stand what he in can. The corner, so. Richard. Yeah. Richard stand in the corner, buddy. Facing yeah. the corner. Been bad. Yeah. Why <laughs> <laughs> was I thinking that? <laughs> so what other questions came up yeah and, um, and the uh, other one was... oh go ahead Pat. okay you got you got it okay go ahead no i i was you it's all well, you bro. okay well well ben uh greenwald uh which is of course part of our uh uh build nights part of the flight test community cast build nights um he was asking uh, a dipole stubby versus circular polarized you know <laughs> What's the difference? Why would you use one over the other, or would you? Um, how, I guess the best way I can answer that question is they're designed to do totally different things. A dipole <clears throat> does not have any ability to reject multipathing on its own. So the video feed from a dipole is likely not going to be as clean because it accepts reflections as valid. Where a circular system, you have to have circular on both ends. Right. When, it, when a circular signal hits an object, 
the effective direction of rotation reverses. And so again, you're trying to shake somebody's left hand with your right. It's not a very good handshake. And so it, it, it knocks out that reflection most of the time. Sometimes they get in, sometimes they don't. Um, so a dipole does not have that ability. On the other hand, I can take a dipole on an aircraft further than a circular antenna. So dipole is great for getting range. Okay. But you need to mitigate your multipath problems still. And the way you mitigate that is with a directional antenna, not circular, linear. I like a biquad. I think a dipole biquad combination is amazing. <clears throat> they, they, they just go and the biquad's like the most underrated antenna in FPV. But that'll mm -hmm. take you further than you could ever imagine. Your video will be crystal clear the whole way. If you're going for range, that's the way to go. Um, but if you're flying close to yourself, if you're ducking behind objects, you want to go circular. Okay. So, and that's basically it. I mean, um, I'm working on an antenna that is going to be, it's going to weigh six grams and have an axial ratio of 0.88, which is really high, and a gain of 2.6 dB. So for those guys who are worried about weight and small size and all that kind of stuff, I'm going to have it. And it's also going to be fairly high gain. So um, I'm not sure when that will come out. Um, we're still prototyping it. I did get the prototypes working. Um, I've got my friend Eric uh, Fawkes 3D printing the parts, the covers for it to make sure it works. Um, so probably expect that um, likely April next year. Um, so, you know, you guys that need something really, really light, um, you know, I got you covered. Oh, cool. Awesome. Very cool. cool. Yeah. Um, so I would assume that's five point eight. Yeah, it's five point eight only. I don't. I don't even bother with this on the big on the higher frequencies. Yeah, you don't even mess with. Okay. No. And yeah, it's I, about I, the I, size I, of a quarter. It's pretty. Small. Really. Well, it's about it's, it's, it's a big around as a quarter and about as like if you would like rotate a quarter into a circle like in all directions. That's how big the antenna is. So it's fairly. Small. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Very nice. Cool. Now, uh, before before we went live, you were talking about this project that you were working on. Are you willing to discuss it here? Where a little bit, um, a little bit, okay, a little bit. Now, granted, it's behind <laughs> me. I say a little bit because I don't. Let's face it. A lot of people are listening. A lot of yes. people know me, and a lot of people are not exactly the most. There are a lot of people out there who follow me because they have not the best intentions. They fully intend to steal what I'm working on. I got what you're saying. So if you don't want to okay. talk about it, that's fine, man. No, yeah, gonna, if you don't want to talk about you, it, please don't. So. I'm going to tell you what it is, what I'm doing with it, but I'm not going to expand on it. Uh, because I don't, I don't want to get ripped off, but, and it, it happens all the time. I'm ripped off like daily these days. And, and, you know, and I'm one of those guys who doesn't manufacture in China. I manufacture in the U S so it really hurts me bad when somebody rips me off because I, I can't pay two people $2 an hour to work in a sweatshop, but that's not what I do. Um, so what the project is, um, think about it. The one thing that racing games have started to incorporate is weapon systems. Because they, allow, they allow you to damage your other, like F-Zero is one of them that started to do it. Uh, F-Zero is one of the first. You could damage somebody's, vehicle and, and and eventually cause them to crash and then extreme g was the motorcycle racing game where you actually had weapons that shot 
and you could slow them down. So what I've got here is a, a circuit board. Very, just an Arduino here, but um, this is the start, and and here's all the back here's all my setup behind it. Uh, you can see a bunch of servos and that kind of stuff. So what it is is if you're racing um, and somebody's in front of you, well, if you can lose focus, if you can lose that grip on the controller long enough to hit a switch to fire a weapon yeah. you can slow them down so what it does their vehicle takes damage and might reduce their power to 75 percent or it might cause them to roll to one side or might cause them to climb a little bit or change pitch because very frequently in multi-rotor racing there's a guy right in front of you you just wish you could shoot him out of the air <laughs> so um, so what it does it gives us opportunity to uh create games within uh multi-rotors where um, you can shoot each other out of the way, you know, and depending on the game, maybe they heal. Maybe that's temporary. Maybe it only does that for three seconds, or maybe it's for the whole race. You know, it depends on what you want. Because Arduinos are easy to program, we, I plan on open sourcing the code so that, you know, you can do this. Um, so you awesome. can make your own games. Um, so that's, that's, that's the idea, is to add combat to racing. Yeah. That's fantastic. That will be fun. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's the idea is the problem. There, 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 there are some problems that, you know, during the daytime, it's very short range. But if you're on a racetrack racing a quad, that's short range anyway. Um, yep. So there are certain things it doesn't work for. But for, for quads on a racetrack, it works just fine. Great. Um, yeah. And by the way, the prototype, this is going – I, I'm I'm going to go out and, and I've got three of them. I'm going to install them on people's vehicles and we are going to go have a blast with these. Awesome. I hope you show a video of what the the result is. You, I will. Yeah. I will. Good. Um, but I and like we're going. I'm not going to release it till I'm ready. Um, there's some other things I want to do with it, but you know, multi rotors have. Um, their flight controllers already, people are consumed with, oh, it's got to have low loop time. I can't have all this stuff running. Well, this actually incorporates, this actually incurs a lot of lag. So it has to run separately from the multi-rotor. Okay. So, um, you know, so there are some, some difficulties, and that's one of the things I'm trying to overcome. But, yeah, it, it's kind of something new. I mean, add combat to multi-rotor racing. That's great. It's like Mario Kart. <laughs> yep. Kind yeah, of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So exactly. uh, you've mentioned Stone Blue a couple of times. What is your relationship with Stone Blue? I, I know all the antennas that I fly, I bought from them and they're your antennas. I'm pretty sure. Well, Stone Blue is uh, Stone Blue. Jeremiah's a friend of mine. Now, granted, there are many times we don't get along, uh, just like any good friend. Um, you know, you're. Yeah, they say they say you're not good friends until you've had a fight, right? Well, we've had a few. Um, uh, we, we've got into it with each other a few times. I mean, he's a great guy, but we're we're, we're both hard headed. So, but I met Stone Blue through through my church, and um, when I met him, he was flying a foam board ducted fan jet that he made. That well, it didn't fly very well. And I said, let me show you what happens when you cut a proper airfoil. And I, this was before I had a CNC machine. We literally hot-wired some EPP, took this little flying wing that we made. I stood it on its tail and said, okay, I'm going to maiden it. And he's like, there's no way it'll even take off. And I punched the throttle and it took right off. 
And he was like, wow, oh my gosh. And he was, he was like, okay, I got it. And, you know, of course, I'm in, I was already in FPV. And he, he ran a company called Stone Blue Productions, mm -hmm. which is now very, very small compared to Stone Blue Airlines. And so he, right. he, he, he saw my videos, my first FPV tutorial, and said, why don't I put some professional polish on that? I'm really good at that. He's like, that's, that's what I do for a living. I'm like, okay, um, well, I'll do that. So we reshot the videos, and he, he, we used his studio and his microphones and that kind of stuff to create the first um, 11 success in FPV videos. And, of course, I learned from watching him do, do professional. And so uh, part 12 through part si uh, 16 are on my own. I did without him. Um, so, you know, but that's really where our relationship formed. And because he was appended to learning about FPV and teaching about FPV, people kept asking, well, what equipment do I buy? And finally, he's like, I should be selling this stuff. And so he started <laughs> selling it. Um, but the nice thing is, is he, he has to fly it to believe in it. Um, so the stuff that he's selling in his store, he flies personally, you know? So yeah, yeah. that's kind of his deal is he doesn't sell stuff that he doesn't trust, which I think is right. very honorable. Now me, I just it's, manufacture. I don't sell direct. Um, right. the only thing I sell direct yeah. is like to clubs that want to do a group buy. I often give them like 15 to 20% off of retail if they put together a big enough group buy. Okay. Uh, and so I'll give them a discount that way. Um, but I don't sell direct because it's just difficult. I'd rather focus on manufacturing. So, um, But he's not my only vendor. And a lot sure. of people confuse the fact that they confuse he, him with, with me. And the reason for that is because he lives right down the street. You know, we fly together a lot. We're not the same company. Um, you know, he does visit our shop frequently, and when he does, you know, we have the Jeremiah watch, um, which basically is whenever he shows up, somebody stalls him to keep him from walking through the shop till we can put away all the things he's not allowed to see because we work on <laughs> other projects with vendors, and he knows the routine. He understands, you know, so yeah. we just stop. Yeah, because I, I know you, you do some work with TBS, too. I do, um, and range video, yeah, sure. and some other guys, yeah. um, and, and some. I, I actually do some military work, but oh, he can't see those things, and yeah. so. Oh, cool. Uh, I have to sure. make sure that those are put away if we're working on them when he shows up. So he usually calls and lets us know he's headed down, and so we, we usually have it ahead of time. But you know, um, you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting that yeah, like he's a good friend of mine. I can't show him what I'm working on, but. You know, that's because he competes with some of my other vendors, so. Right. <laughs> sure. Sure. So, yeah, but, I mean, that's it's how it goes. Uh, you know, it does upset me that people do confuse me with him because they say, I emailed you a hundred times. I'm like, what do you mean you emailed me? I never got anything from you. Well, you said you'd send it. I have no idea what you're talking about. And what it was, Jeremiah would say, would, would say, oh, well, you know, just send it back or this or that. And we'll, you know, if something went wrong or whatever. And then they come screaming at me, and Jeremiah has no idea what's going on because, and neither do I, because they assumed we were the same company. Yeah. And I go, are you yeah, are you talking yeah. about Stone Blue? Well, why don't you get a hold of him? Oh, you're not the same company? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know. So that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're a you're a manufacturer wholesaler. He's a retailer. Right. That's right. You know, uh, and that's, so it's kind of, it's, 
an interesting dynamic um, because because I show up in a lot of his videos. He shows them in mine. It, it yep. does create a bit of issue. But yep. yeah, I mean, uh, I I was confused for a while by that too. I thought you guys were the right. same entity, but obviously you're not. No. Yeah. No. No. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, um, you know, he's got the Stone Blue Airlines airplanes, like his special airplanes. I don't actually make those. You know, mine are mine are the VAS planes. Um, he's got the Stone Blue Spartan multi rotor frame. I don't manufacture that, even though I can. I don't. Um, that kind of stuff. So um, he does work with other people. We're not. I mean, he works with me more than anybody else. But you know, um, yeah, we're not the same business. Uh, we're just good friends. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Cool. No, they're good. They're a good bunch to deal with. I've always had good luck with them. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, it, it's. And I think one of the biggest things to recognize is most FPV vendors, actually most vendors of RC stuff, don't fly. Yesterday, he called me and said, hey, you want to go flying? And I'm like, oh, man. Like, really, I just started working on my kitchen because I'm renovating my, my kitchen. And I'm like, <laughs> man, if I wouldn't have broke out the tools already and, and actually started cutting stuff, I would, but I can't. Like, why couldn't you call me 30 minutes earlier? So, you know, yeah. he goes out and flies. And that, that's one of the things that separates him from a lot of guys. A lot of guys don't sure. anymore. So, you know, and I'm going, man, I'm kicking myself in the – I'm like, how? I'd much rather do that than work in my kitchen. But, you know. <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. Well, I paid my way through – I mean, I worked my way through college as a, working as a carpenter. Oh really? Oh, really? Yeah, I was a carpenter in in, in college. That's what I did. So, wow. Yeah. So it, it's kind of it's not really all that new. So, yeah, you've kind of just uh, done a little bit of everything, haven't you? I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. Hey, I know that <laughs> feeling. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'll figure it out. I it just take a, it's going to take me a lot longer than most people. Um, you know, I, it, I, it's not like I know everything. I just spend a lot of time researching what the problem is and how to fix it. You know? Well, uh, I hear you. I, yeah. That's, I mean, that's just... In college, I hated doing that. But now, you know, I'm making toys, so why not? It's fun. I like right. the research side. I like learning. I like research. I like development. So, um, you know, I, I don't know much about programming. Um I'm not a, a very good computer programmer, but yes, yet I, I jumped into this microcontroller and got it to work. I designed my own CNC wire benders, and microcontroller control, and stuff like that. Oh, I, I was going to. Okay, so I remember it was a year or two ago. You posted on Facebook of this crazy machine that you had made. That must be the wire bender you're talking yep. about. I have three of those. So freaking cool, man! Yeah, that runs on an Arduino Do. No kidding. Yeah, it's Arduino Duo. It's a, it's a, and that thing has been so unbelievably reliable. Thank God, because I'm the only one who can fix it. If that thing goes down, nobody's fixing it. But you select the product, you select the product, you hit on, you let it run, it'll calibrate. You let it run, and then I've got two adjustment screws to adjust it. Like depending on the builder, they want the parts coming out a little bit different, so they work the adjustment screws so it spits out exactly how they want to do it, and then they just run with it. That's awesome. It spits out a lobe every 21 seconds. Nice. Wow. So, yep. And you built that yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And there's an interesting story behind that because I laser cut it out of acrylic uh -huh. in my basement. And when I got it, and when I, you know, built it, and so I built the machine up and everything lined up the first time. I'm like, how did this happen? 
because I laser, I don't have 3D software. I did it all in 2D. And uh -huh. so I made like keyways that got welded in and stuff like that. And it okay. worked. Like when I first built it, it actually stood in front of me and it worked. And so I sent the file off to a water jet cutter in town. And I hate them. I, I cannot stand these people. But they're the only ones I knew of at the time that had a water jet. And I got a water jet cut out of steel. And I, wa and I walked down to get it. And none of the parts fit. Oh my and I went, um, I, you didn't cut this right. They said, yeah, we did. It's with intolerance. And I said, I'll be right back. And I walked out to my car and got my acrylic one and sat it on the guy's desk and said, really? Because that was cut in my basement. <laughs> this, and I took the box of parts, was cut in your shop. Mine fits. Why doesn't yours? Well, uh, I said, I'm an amateur cutting stuff in my basement. I'm better than you. Now fix it. I paid you to do this right. I sent you the file that I used to cut this. Now cut it right. Uh, and they did. And they, they, they gave me a hard time all the way through before cutting it. I mean, I've always had trouble with them. Then I found a, a group literally right across the street from them that had a water jet cutter. And that's, that's who does my water jet cutting now. So I can't stand these guys. <laughs> um, they treat it like you should be honored to do business with us. And I'm like, no, no, that's not yeah. the way things work. <laughs> no. well, well, when you're the only game in town, it is. But then another group called fabrication concepts got a, bought a water jet cutter because they were throwing so much business away with how poorly they were treating people. Wow. You know, I'm one of the people they lost and like, so they, they do my water jet cutting now. Um, we got a lot of stuff water jet cut by them. I'm very happy with it. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, it, 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 a lot of people don't see that side, all the frustration, all the stuff I go through to bring a product to market. Um, the TBS Triumph, we, Raphael and I have almost $30,000 invested in that thing's development. Wow. And then, wow. and then three weeks, four weeks ago, we found a company in China that cloned everything oh. except – oh, they, cloned, they actually cloned the box. So they're using mine and his logos. Oh my god! And then we cut it open, and realized they made it wrong as a football bat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here we have this clone that nobody knows the difference in because it, it is marked and it looks identical. That's undercutting us, and people think it's authentic, so it gives the product a bad name. Oh, that's yep. so. That is the and it's so hard to do anything. That is low. Oh yeah. no, it's it not. Not when you're six foot. Oh, two, really? It's not. 250 pounds and very angry. <laughs> yeah. That's not me. Usually, it's it's pretty tough to do anything to a business over in China. That's copying when you stuff, threaten bodily harm, they learn pretty quick. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Raphael, Raphael is not a small man. No, Trappy. I know it's Raphael. Trappy yeah. is not a yeah. small man. No, I, yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> he's got he's got a long fuse. But when you really try to screw him like that, that fuse gets lit right at the end. Not that doesn't get lit at the end. That gets lit in the middle. Okay. Yeah. He walked into their shop. Now you got to understand he's six foot two. About 250 yep. pounds. Most Chinese are about 
five foot four, 130 pounds. About Joel's size. Yeah. And right. he was livid. Oh, man. So, he, so basically, he scared them to death. <laughs> he walked into the shop and said, don't do this anymore. It was wow. obvious he was angry. I mean, like the, the, the tone of his voice, the, the expression on his face told them, like, I mean business. Like, this is not going to, like, do not make me come back here. <laughs> Did he <laughs> you go know? to China expressly for that? No, he lives in Hong Kong. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Now, he lives in Hong Kong. Um, and Shenzhen's just a, a bus ride, a 45-minute bus ride. Okay. So he, he um, but it turns out they did the same thing to the Spironet. They cloned the Spironet just like that. And he's like, while you're at it, don't clone that either. <laughs> you know? Um, wow. Yeah, they clone, it's like, don't do that. I mean, if you yeah. steal the design, that's one thing. But if you steal everything, everything. Yeah. Graphics, cool. everything. Yeah, Main, I mean, yeah. that's, and, and then you're destroying the product with your incompetence. So, yep. Yeah, I mean that's the lowest form of theft, and so yeah. Oh, absolutely. He, he and, and that's the that's the problem with the clones is people feel that well I can't afford the authentic so I'll go buy a clone and that doesn't hurt anybody and that's total crap because if nobody would buy the clones nobody makes nobody would make them, and that's right. why I publish tutorials out there. The whole reason the tutorials are out there is so you don't have to buy. If it's too expensive, you can build your own. Mm -hmm. I support you in that. I just have no tolerance for clones, especially at that level. Yeah, um, and it's so rampant in the RC industry. Oh yeah, oh, and and, and people wonder why, and people wonder why we don't have an HD, a, a, a good HD FPV system yet. Why? Because it's gonna get cloned. It's gonna get stolen, and then guess it be, and that's what's gonna be known. It's it's so rampant. That's literally the purchasing of cloned equipment is the reason the industry isn't progressing as fast as it could. And it's unfortunate, so, but you can't argue with it. So, so a question happen. for you then is, 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 is what do you think about that Connex system? Um, I pushed it two and a half miles away. Really? Yeah. They can't push it that far. <laughs> they, challenged me, they challenged me to break the two kilometer barrier. 2.4 kilometers or whatever. And on my first try. So you went out try, two miles. <laughs> oh, on my first try, I broke it. On my second try, I shattered it. And then now, the autopilot, the plane failed. And we ended up landing it in a tree, and I got it out of a tree with a crossbow. <laughs> Fun. Now, yeah. There's a video on how we did it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I watched uh, I watched part of that today. I didn't get through the whole thing because I had to take my son practicing parallel parking. But um, uh, yeah, uh, did you run your own antennas through the Connex? Is that how you did it? Yeah, I, I'm okay. actually going to release a specific Connect system for people who want to do that. Okay. Um, the parts have been ordered. They're getting uh, they're getting laser. They're uh, they're actually la laser cut metal that's being done in Wisconsin. Okay. Um, and um, it's going to be a covered antenna. Uh, it'll be an antenna array that plugs into the connects, and you can push it two and a half miles. And then we've got our, what we call our secret sauce system that allows you to fly behind objects and stuff like that a lot better than the stock. Um, oh, really? 
Yeah, and it's not going to break the bank. It's not going to be super expensive. We're trying to keep the price down. We're looking at like a hundred bucks, something like that. Wow. Uh, on on five point eight. Uh, five point eight and five two. It runs in both those bands. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, we're we're trying. I mean, the connects is already expensive, so we're trying to um, do our best to not. You know, they already forked over a lot of money. Um, and right now we're sure. only really focusing on the receiver side. Um, I know Bapu got a hold of me a couple of days ago. Said, "Hey, can you figure out the transmit side because he's breaking stuff?" And I said, "Hey, you know, I'll, I'll, when I get the chance, I will take care of that for you." Right now, I, I just, I needed to fix it to get the receiver side working. I'll work on that, buddy. No problem. Cool. So that that'll be cool. next week, I guess. I'll do that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an impressive system, especially for the price. Um. And it works really well right out of the box. The only thing is, is yeah. you know, uh, you the big block to it is predatory marketing. Yeah, sure. Because it is HD. It is 720p HD. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, all these HD headsets, they're not. Yeah. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> so you know, the Fat Shark HDs, they're not HDs. Okay, that's not HD. It is an HDMI port. That's it's not HP. It's, predatory, it's predatory marketing. Okay. So until we get a set of goggles that truly is HD, that's affordable, the glyphs aren't exactly affordable. Um, it's just not going to come here. It's not going to make it mainstream. Okay. Um, and it's always going to be more expensive. Well, sure. And I, know how I, mean, the, I, I actually know how the system works, which is how I actually got it to perform as well as I did. I, I know how it works. Like it encodes a signal, how it reassembles it and all that kind of stuff. Um, it was pretty easy because when I when we were making the flight, I started disconnecting the receiver antennas and watched the video degrade really quickly. I'm like, I see how this works, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I know how it does what it does. Um, but the truth is, it's a really good system. That's it cool really deal, is. Man. Good. Yeah. Nice. So, and you got your plane. Well, that that was probably that was probably the biggest thing is is uh, um, goggles for me right now. That's why I'm not going to spend the money on it. Not yeah. because I want it, but it's just, you know, I mean, if, if you're not receiving HD to me, it's okay. So you're transmitting it and you're not really being able to see it. Right. So what's the use? Well, you know, I'll not, not that I don't think it's a bad system. Well, what you do, but, what you do is you put the receiver outside on your porch, you run the AV cables into your big screen TV and you go fly around <laughs> your neighborhood. That's what you do with it. You know, it's it's tough to carry around that big fifty-five inch TV. You know, when you go up to exactly. the field, so exactly yeah. that picture is freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't tell the FAA you're doing that. Well, the FAA yeah, go well, pound yeah. salt. I've already there. I've you go. Challenged. I'm with you. I already challenged them to come after me. They don't. They won't. They know yeah. better. I tried. You know the the whole registration thing. I basically mm -hmm. threw my middle fingers in the air at him. Made a video breaking the. Altitude rule, the beyond line of sight rule, you know, the flying at night rule with a lit up quadcopter, and sent it to the FAA and said, "Come get me," and they didn't because they're not stupid. You don't come after the you don't go after the strong. You go after the weak. They know who I am. They know I've got supporters. And if they decided to push that, they know exactly what I was shooting for was a lawsuit. I wanted that to go to court because it's it's what they did was what they did with that registration was flat out illegal. And it's been tied up in court to get beaten for almost two years now. Yep. Okay, it's been tied up because the legal system is slow. Well, guess what? If they're prosecuting me, that'll go through a lot faster. 
And then when I win, and when I win because they passed it illegally without going through Congress, Mm -hmm. it sets precedent and the law gets kicked out that way. So I basically put my neck, my my head on on the cutting board and said, let's go. Yeah. And I was hoping they would take the bait and they didn't. Oh, wow. oh well. Yeah, I'm 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 one of those types of guys and, and if you haven't found that out already, I really hate injustice. I well, really I, I think we all do. It's just, you know, some of us No, some I'm of us willing to, I'm willing to put myself in harm's way. Yeah. Because yeah. you you directly suffer from it in the business that you're in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't care if it's my business or not. I just won't tolerate it. I just don't tolerate it at all. You know, period. That's awesome. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I've got, I've got very low tolerance for injustice and hypocrisy. <laughs> I have like zero tolerance for it, um, and and it's rampant. So it is. Um, that's one of the reasons I live here. Is it's not so rampant here where I live. Yeah, it's, it's not quite as rampant anyway. <laughs> no. It's actually, uh, most people are surprised when I tell them about what it's like where I live and they, they go, it sounds like a utopia. And I said, well, as, as far as places I've lived, it's the closest I've got to it yet. You know, um, and a lot of people. You're in Virginia. Say, yeah, Amherst, Virginia. Virginia. Now, right? Yeah. Amherst, in the mountains okay. of Virginia, it's very peaceful, very, um, I mean, granted, it's not exactly new. It's an old town, but it's yeah. nice. I like it. It's peaceful. Cool. And uh, I'm surrounded by the mountains that are great to ride your motorcycle through. There are tons of farm fields that you can go fly over, and awesome. very few people care. In fact, the only one who really cares is my neighbor. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> yeah, right. When, he, when, he, when, I, when I go around knocking on people's doors when I move here, when I moved here, I knocked on people's doors and handed them a flyer. said, I'm having a barbecue to meet all my neighbors. I'm just moving here. The very first, very, the very first words I heard out of his mouth were, I'm an a-hole. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, oh, lovely. You know this guy's a jerk. That's the first thing he said to me. At least I'm he's like, aware oh, of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I just, like, really? Why did I have to pick a house near this guy? Uh, but luckily, most people aren't like that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. why? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and yeah. everybody on the street knows it. He's like, yeah, he's just a jerk. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, I think he's got used to me at this point. <laughs> yeah, now he's just tolerant now. <laughs> yeah, kind of tolerant. Um, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I told him I won't go fly over your yard when you're when you're outside. All right, if you're outside, I I just won't fly. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's more like, yeah, as long as you're not hurting me, fine. It took me yeah. a year to get him to that point. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like, you know, you know, I don't know what it is with people. You know, there were two, my, my neighbor, two doors down, he he moved in. Now he's from Jamaica and he, he's never seen snow. His kids have never seen snow. And he goes, um, you know, he's like trying to like set up this little sledding hill in his backyard, not realizing it's not steep enough. And I'm like, Danny, use my driveway, man. It's steep, really steep. And I mean, most people can't believe I can drive my car, but that's how steep it is. Uh, I mean, it, it's unbelievable how steep this is. When I went to sell one, my, my one motorcycle, the guy looked at me and said, will this bike really make it up this hill? And, and I, I, you know, I mean, but yeah, it does. I ride it all the time here. And there's road right up there. Cause he was, he didn't, he couldn't, he was uncomfortable riding it. So this is how steep wow. this hill is. And I say, 
and I cut a big sled out of EPP foam. I took a block and I cut slats in it because it's nice and soft. It's padded. You know, it doesn't awesome. beat you up when you ride it. And said, here, ride it. <laughs> so I rode it down the yard, down my driveway, on this nice big padded sled I cut for them. Uh, and they loved it. You know, it was that's the first time ever sled riding. So, wow. um, you know, it, that's – I think that's what neighbors should be. I think that's Absolutely. the way the world should be. And Absolutely. I was, I wasn't worried about oh liability if he hits the garage if they hit the garage at the bottom of the hill or if they hit something or if they break something. I wasn't worried about that because my neighbors I, I can't imagine my neighbor having a problem with it. It's like ah well they'll heal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, how good would it be know, to have a neighbor like you? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is it's weird. <laughs> my neighbors on the street were really we're we're, we're, we're good friends. So it, it's that's, it's just that's awesome. that other street. They're, they're, they're the one church. <laughs> <laughs> the a hole. Yeah, right. It's just self-proclaimed. Yeah, yeah right. It, it's it's unfortunate, but you know you run into people like that, and that's one of the biggest yep. problems that that RC and FPV has. You go to some location, you don't know anybody. You're afraid of those people. Just being jerks for the sake of being jerks. Heck, Chad Nowak was thrown into the ocean with his Absolutely. goggles on in Hawaii. Yeah, how yeah, ridiculous is that? Yeah, I know. Can that? you believe that? I mean, it's like, what? Yeah, you that's know, insane. I, I told him, you know, and I told him, I was like, Chad, this is why I carry one of these little devices with me. I carry a spare set of, I carry a spare set of goggles with me, so they can put on the goggles, and I also carry this. This is an electric arc lighter. Uh -huh. <laughs> Pop. That's 4,000 volts. Dang. Touch me, and this touches you. <laughs> Do not lay your hands on me. You will yeah, regret yep. it. Yeah. Okay? And, 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 that's, and that's, like I said, intolerance for in, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, it's, it's fear on their part dictating a, a violent reaction. Correct. Out of ignorance. On the other hand, you know who I find yeah. are the most, the most welcoming people? Foreigners. Anybody who wasn't okay. born in this country, I've never had somebody who wasn't born in the USA have a problem with it. Yeah. Over Thanksgiving, I was flying my Wyvern. It's a 125 mile an hour rocket ship, mm -hmm. and there are a bunch of people from India that thought it was awesome, and they realized it had to be a camera on it, so they start waving and throwing their hands in the air. <laughs> and so I just grabbed my passenger goggles, like here, put them on. They thought it was awesome. Oh, I've that's never great. had somebody from a foreign country have a problem with it. Um, yeah, which is which tells you something, <laughs> you know. It, it, it's just um, so that's the thing is that's kind of my key. If I if I see a bunch of people who are who are pro most likely not born here, I feel a lot more at ease. We're fine. Huh. That's um, interesting. Yeah, right. It, it, it is interesting, but um, I've never had a problem with them. I've had a lot of problems with other people though. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. You know, I've uh, and strangely enough, the police around me. Actually, uh -huh. everywhere I've been, have loved it. They think it's cool. Yeah, yeah. I Generally, that's what I find too. Right. Yeah. I was flying a ski slope in uh, Pittsburgh two years ago. Um, now, mind you, I've got ski goggles on. I've got my goggles built instead of ski goggles, and I'm flying my airplane. I was a P thirty eight, you know, nice and quiet um, down the ski slopes. And now, mind you, everybody had got off the slopes. They were just kind of cleaning up, and it's all lit up, so it's like broad daylight. And I'm flying in the Cop pulls up behind me and he goes, now mind you, I'm sitting on a toolbox with ski goggles on. He goes, I ask what you're doing. 
And I said, oh, yeah, I'm flying a model airplane. He goes, how? Um, hold on. And I flew it overhead, and I said, do you hear it? He's like, yeah, but I don't see it. How do you see it? I said, oh, well, I got a monitor. And I had a monitor. And I just handed him the FP. I kind of fiddled around and found the FPV monitor and handed it to him. He goes, now that's cool. That's right. And he, um, he said, look, I've got to close up. You've got half an hour. Um, when I start turning off the lights, we got to leave. And I said, well, do me a favor. Turn the lights off on the ski slope, over the ski slope last. I'll see you start turning them off. I'll come in and I'll land. Just give me a chance to come in and land. And he's like, no problem. He's like, you coming back tomorrow? I said, of course I am. I said, okay, see you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's awesome. um, so the police have been, the police have been very, um, very, and I also had a run in with the police because I was flying through the um, shipping dock, shipping and receiving dock of a jail. Oh, I didn't my. know it was a jail. Was, oh. I was, I was almost a mile <laughs> away. Um, oh, wow. And I was it was just, oh, this is, this is open. I'm a mile away. And it's like, oh, this dock. Let me fly through it. So I flew my airplane right through it. And, and then I did this a couple of times. Like, oh, it was fun. Okay. I came back. And the next thing I had like four police cars. What are you doing? Like, really what am I doing? I'm flying. I'm flying a model airplane. And he goes, why are you flying here? I said, because this is a wide open field. It's awesome. He goes, do you realize that's a jail? Like, <laughs> No, oops. <laughs> oops. <laughs> I was like delivering drugs or something. I was like, oh, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> Whoops. You're dropping so, files in for him to break yeah. out of the bars. Yeah. yeah, right. I mean, so I was like, no, no. I, I had no idea. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, stuff happens. You know, you My never bad. know. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, they realized I wasn't trying to cause any harm because it's like, why do you pull up four police cars? Wouldn't one do? Is nothing happening today? I've had a lot of interesting things like that happen. Um, but, you know, I think the biggest diffuser is one, you, you hand somebody a set of passenger goggles and, 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 uh, and they just go, wow, that, now that's cool. You know, yeah. they, there are people that are worried you're spying on them. And all kind of other stuff. And my response to that is, um, I said, if I were going to spy on you, you wouldn't hear me. Yeah, exactly. You can hear this thing. Well, if I were going to spy on you, I would use my cell phone. You know, right. the one you have in your pocket that's got two HD cameras on it. That's your spy device. Yeah. That's what's violating yeah. your privacy. Because that uploads right to the internet while streaming live HD video. This doesn't. And they just realize... Okay, <laughs> you know, yeah. I still don't yeah. like it, but okay, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? Usually, usually when you hand them a set of goggle goggles and you show them what you can really see, they go, "Oh, yeah, right, exactly." <laughs> yeah, yeah not, I mean, they immediately shut down. You know, not a lot and, of details. And, yeah, right, and that's and so it's unfortunate that when we go out and we fly, we feel like we're criminals. It really is. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate. Yep, it's ridiculous. Is what it is. And, and, and I've, and I would, and, and what I'm tell what I tell a lot of people do is, is, is you have the ability to change that. Go to your local municipality and tell them you want to set up a drone racetrack and at, at the local park and you want to set up after they're done playing soccer, baseball, whatever, whatever the next hour or two hours is after soccer or baseball, mm -hmm. you want to block off to have drone races. That's what I did here. Um, and they were very receptive to it. And they said, well, do you want other fields? So now we have three fields that are dedicated to racing aircraft. Oh, that is fantastic, dude. Right. 
That is fantastic. Right. Uh, and, and what's happened, um, there's obviously some fun hater out there. And, uh, you know, I was flying at my local park just up the street, and uh, we were racing, and some guys wanted to play uh, baseball on one of the fields we were racing over. And so we decided that we would just race in the one field and then that we would fly away. There's a garbage dump and we would fly back through the garbage dump and go and pick a big dog leg around the field so that they could play ball, you know, and without being interrupted or interfered with. Right. Right. And they called the police. Oh, jeez. And the, the cop came up to me and he said, what are you guys doing? I said, well, we're, we're flying. Uh, we're flying model aircraft. Um, you want to see? I uh, says, no, I can see that. Uh, they, they said, well, they said you were flying over them. You're buzzing them. I said, I have a recording. Do you want to see it? Um, <laughs> I, I said, I'm, I, I've got a recorder. I've got a DVR. I can show you my flights and we can verify this. And he said, I believe you now, but, uh, are you supposed to be flying here? He said, according to the County, this is a dedicated drone race field. And, uh, so, uh, they're allowing it. And he's like, okay. Nope. Then I don't see a problem. I'll see you later. Um, you know, had I not said, had it not been approved, he probably said, yeah, you probably ought to pack it up and and, yeah. and go home just to you know cover your butt. Yeah. Um, but because I had already approached the county, and what we did is we all I did we showed up and handed them goggles. We showed up to a county yeah. meeting, uh, just a, sta- a a board of directors meeting with a couple of quads and goggles, and we didn't we just said here put these on, and we went and flew around the building with tiny whoops. They're like, okay, this is cool. They're like, okay, this is too cool. So we got them on board. That's how you do it. You don't say what you're gonna do. You say you 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 don't you just show up. They they often will let you into these meetings. You don't tell them what you're there for. Just show up. Show up with your goggles and your hand with your goggles and your your aircraft in a backpack. And when they look at you and say, Okay, what do you what do you have here to talk about? You say, here, you pass out your goggles, you break out the little aircraft, you go fly. I want to say, I want to do this in parks. Yeah. Done. Done. That's great. That's how you do it. So um, what was funny um, about it is, you know, the cop had left. And um, the guy walked over, like, with his hands there, like, aren't you going to leave? And I'm like, okay, if that's what you're going to do, I got my Wyvern, which is a 125-mile-an-hour rocket ship. And that is so screaming aloud, you can hear it in the next county. And I was like, I was trying to be respectful, but obviously your problem is that your kids want to watch me fly an airplane more than they want to play ball with you. Right. Okay. And I was letting you use a section of the park that I was using, but I moved out of your way. You took precedence. Guess what? Now I'm going to give your kids a show. <laughs> you know? I just started <laughs> yeah, screaming. there you go screaming over the treetops and you could hear this thing how and the kids loved it <laughs> the guy hated it he's sitting there stewing in his own anger it's like dude you called the police on me you could have That's come right. over here and talked to me like a human being and said hey you know i'm trying to play ball and your kids are you're distracting my kids can you you know move somewhere else or whatever no you want to be a jerk so guess what i'm gonna be king jerk now you know <laughs> <laughs> don't ever do that so yeah, it's it's really bad that you get treated like a criminal, um, like you don't deserve to be here for some reason. It's like what? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, 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 that kind of stuff is upsetting that we deal with this. 
and the FA isn't making it any better. So that's that's one thing that you know I've and Jeremiah does this too. He's approached other counties to embrace the technology here in Virginia, uh-huh. and they largely have done that. You know, you see these things like the city of Orlando was saying about drones and that kind of stuff because they have no yeah. idea what the hell they are. Guys, right. go to yep. your city council with one. Just go. Don't tell them you have it. Just show up to it. They have these meetings and say, hey, I want to discuss something for the park. Go to a parks and recreation meeting. Say, I, I have this great idea for the park. Show up with a couple of those little inductrix quads in a backpack. Do not show them what you have. Just show up with them in a backpack. And when it's your turn to present what you have, don't say a word other than put these on. Put the goggles on and start flying. That's awesome. That at that point, your county has accepted that drones have a place in the park. That is how you secure it. That's very cool. Um, Because it's very easy to say no until you're somebody slaps you with a set of goggles and you watch, and it's like, oh, this is too cool. (laughs) You know, that's it. So, um, you know, and that's been my my big thing with this. Um, I really want, I don't want to see us RC pilots confined to a little field um, that we have to go to the same field because it's the only place that lets us fly there um, because it's not accepted. I don't want to, I want to see the hobby grow and fly in different locations, exotic locations, and not have to worry about somebody yeah. picking you up and throwing you in the in the ocean. In the ocean, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. So I... Uh, I feel it's very unfortunate, and that's so. That's why I'm I'm putting this out there, and I, I really want to reinforce, guys. If you don't, if you don't do something, if you don't take action, somebody else will, and you're going to lose what you have. But you have to be. You can't whine about it. You've got to be methodical. You bait the hook to suit the fish, so to speak. Go in with a plan. Go in with a plan. Because if you tell them what you're going to do, they already have a preconceived notion of what it's about, and they already have their what that in their mind. You don't tell them what you're going to do. You just tell them, I've got a great idea for the park, and I can't wait to show it to you. And it's, and it's just it. in your backpack. And then, and then all you do is before they see the quad, you hand out the goggles. You go, what are these? Put them on. While the quad is in your backpack, you power it up. You pull out your radio. You wait till everybody has the goggles down. Then you pull it out and start flying it around the room. While none of them saw that anybody who's watching it didn't even see what the vehicle is. At that point, the energy in the room is, wow, this is cool. This is awesome. Can I try? Yeah, sure. Here, try it. You know, so anybody who was negative now is being overruled by all the chance of this is cool. This is awesome. Oh, this is amazing. That is great. So you've got to have a idea. You've got to have a plan. That is how you get people to say yes. Awesome. That is well, how you um, are not a criminal. Yeah. Alex, I just want to pass along a shout out here. Julian Waters. We know Julian. Julian's a Oh, I guy. know Julian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just said, uh, wanted to give a quick shout out for you being one of the most generous and caring individuals in the hobby. So there you go. <laughs> he's He's got several airplanes from me because he lives right up the road. How does he? Um, oh, does he? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just I, he comes over to he he comes over to my house and like 
hey, this kit didn't come out quite perfect, so I can't sell it. Here, take it. Oh, yeah, take this and this and this. I'm not using uh, this anymore, great. so take this and take this, you know? Yeah, no, he's he's a really great guy. Nice, yeah, nice kid. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's – but that's the way I am. I, I just – I'm like – Hey, I don't need this here. Take it, you know. Um, yeah. But we go fly together. You know, he was—he was helped me. He's actually in the gate building video. Oh, oh, is that him? Yeah, that's, I was, that's okay. Julian. That's Julian. Okay, yeah, I did not recognize him. him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I showed why you don't yeah. coil up the pex tubing. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. That, that was him. That was Julian. <laughs> right. I got you now. That's cool, so, yeah. man. Yeah. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, that it's it's nice to be able to. Uh, the nice thing about this hobby is it does bring people together. Um, yeah, it does. It does. Oh, unbelievable! And, and, and I I think that my favorite thing about Julian is he's like me in the respect of yeah, I'm gonna crash, but this is gonna be worth it. So he just goes. <laughs> yeah. we, we, threw, we flew through a disc <laughs> golf course like laden with trees, and we're like. Yeah, this is absolutely gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> we bounce them off of like everything. We had such a good time. You know, oh, that's fantastic. So I, I really like him. He and I have a good time. He's a good. Yeah, and he designed the. Is it the Valkyrie that he designed? That uh, that big twin beast. Oh, when you said Valkyrie, I was like, I don't know what he's calling it, but yes. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He flies it combat at Flight Fest every. I know. I couldn't believe he did that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he said Valkyrie. I had to think for a second because I have an airplane called the Valkyrie that comes ready to fly. It's that thing oh, ready okay. to fly ship. Like wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it was like that. But yeah, but his yeah his big one. Yeah. So, yeah. but it, it's kind of cool. Um, I've been I've been encouraged, and I'll continue to encourage him to uh, design his own airplane so uh -huh. that I can cut it here out of EPP for him. So it doesn't. So it's a little bit more durable, and you know, I yeah. cut a whole bunch of them for he and his friends and whoever. Oh, that's and awesome. I, that's I, cool. extend, I extend that to anybody. If anybody anybody who's listening or, or this is this podcast, if you have an airplane you want design, if you want you want built, reach out to me. Um, you know, if if there's a and gosh, I can't remember the guy's name in Colorado. He he gave me a sketch. He used SketchUp, which is what my machine accepts. Um, send me the, 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 the like a layout of what the airplane's supposed to look like. Send me the airfoil, your sweep distance, and all that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. um, you know, just, and and just send it as a you know the airfoil as a SketchUp file that you want to use, or just tell me use whatever I think is best, and I'll just pick one of my one of the ones I, I like, um, and I'll cut it for you. No problem. Oh, awesome, man. Yeah, that's... no problem at all. I mean, oh, that's just pay for materials, pay for materials and shipping, and I am very happy to cut it for you. That's um, dude. I might take you up on that. Absolutely. I mean, just, just yeah, actually. all I want is an airfoil and SketchUp. If you give me an airfoil and SketchUp and then some kind of overview of the airplane, like, like most people like to design flying wings, but it doesn't have to be a flying wing. I mean, if it's yeah. going to be like a fuselage airplane, please design the fuselage and SketchUp as well. And I'll tweak yeah. it to make sure it works. Okay. Um, but I, I'm very happy to do this for anybody. And that's the thing is uh, this, this bird of prey that's been sitting here, I've had for, you know, at least four weeks. But if you send me a file, I'll probably have it cut tomorrow. I mean, I, I, I'll do that for somebody else. For myself, it's like, eh, I don't really care. Right. You know, you'll, get, you'll get the same feeling of joy right. um, building Absolutely. something for yourself as you do for somebody else. Um, and, and, and yep. you know, if somebody designs a, designs a really nice airplane that I like and that I, you know, that I could sell, then I could say, hey, you know, what can I give you if I can cut this, you know, for commercial? You know, that I gain that if there's one that I really like and I yeah. think 
has commercial viability, then I can, then I have somebody that I can work with um, to bring it to market. Awesome. So well, yeah, I mean, flight test does that. <laughs> you know, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's yep. absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's not purely selfless, but it's pretty close to it. I mean, I really it'd be um, cool if that happened. But the truth is, I learned so much from other people's designs, and it helps me fix design my own. Right. And, and I accept that to anybody. So, you know? Alex, where where do you source your EPP? Um, the only company that I know of is called JSP. Okay. Um, and they manufacture it, and they have a sole distributor called AR Plank. AR Plank. And I've recently had a gripe with them because they, their EPP did not cut very well, and we are trying to figure out how to deal with it because a lot of my kits came out really, really rough, Oh. and it was because their EPP was not very good. But AR Plank, to get them to sell to you, is you have to buy it by the truckload. Okay, like so I couldn't buy, buy a small batch. Okay. Well, yeah. they have a list of distributors. So you okay. go to AR Plank's website, find a distributor, and then call the distributor, and you get it through the distributor. And they okay. have at least one in every state. Mine is an hour down the road from me. Okay. Um, and what's funny is I bought foam from them, and they went, hey, we cut this with saws, and um, we can't cut the really dense stuff that I use in my special edition airplanes. Mm -hmm. You know, so – but I, they saw me buying it. Like, can you cut that? Yeah. You think you can make like one by four boards out of it? I'm like, if I could make an airplane, I can make a one by four. You know? <laughs> right. So yeah. they pay me. <laughs> that's that's right. They pay me to cut EPP for them. Now. That's fantastic. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you know, I, I was like, wow, what are the odds? You know? So, you know, a lot of these suppliers use band saws and stuff like that. So they can only cut like square or rectangular blocks. So when you can cut a dynamic thing to use your hotwire tool, you know, it's, it's, they're like, wow, uh, why don't you do that for us? You know? And, yeah. and so every time I, every time I get the call, Hey, um, you got to, you know, block a 2.8 pound EPP coming your way. When can you get it done? You know, I'm like, all right, here's the invoice. I'll get it out as soon as I can. <laughs> Sweet, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not it's it's not what you know, it's who. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, all you have to do Always. is be the who that knows one thing. Yep. If you are a, a who that knows just one thing and one thing really well, you will be networked with other who's that do things, other things that you can't do well, really well, right. very quickly. Um, yep. It's just kind of cool how the world works that way. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It's just awesome. It's it's absolutely awesome. And and so, but I understand that I have become one of those people, um, in the industry to know, and so, I am searching for those other people. Um, and there was a gentleman, and I unfortunately I have not been able to connect with him that took a SEMA X5 quadcopter. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a $25 dog toy to me. Because it's my dog's favorite toy, but yeah. <laughs> you've, seen, yeah. you've probably seen the videos. Um, and he uploaded MultiWii on it. Okay. And then he started a racing league where he 3D printed a camera pod that snaps into it, and it's a fully aerobatic quadcopter. And it's unbreakable. Oh, wow. You can't break the stupid thing. <laughs> I want to know how he did that 
because I think that would be awesome to get people in. Oh, absolutely. You could race indoors. Oh, that is that is a yeah. It's a well, okay. It's twenty five dollars for replacement frame. It's like forty dollars outright. You know, talk about the world's cheapest quadcopter. Yeah, and it'll walk. It'll run circles around an Inductrix. It handles so much better than Inductrix. Sure. You can have acro mode. You can turn it off. You can set your PIDs. Wow. You know, it, it's freaking awesome. You know, um, so like that. And I want to give them an audience so they can teach people how to do yeah. this. I want to. I want to bring people into my life that can teach me how to do things like that. So I can help them show the world what they do. Yeah. So they can give their gift to the mm -hmm. world. That's who I want to be. That's great. Um, and, 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 you know, flight test is the, is the shining star of it. They've done an amazing job with it. Yeah. Um, and and I, that's why I like flight test. I believe in their mission. I believe what they're doing that you guys are doing. So um, I just, I'm just another avenue to do it. Yeah. And I don't well, want anything for it. I just want, I just want to see it happen. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I don't know if you know, Alex, but, but we're not truly affiliated with flight test other than using their name and their music in our podcasts. I mean, we're part of the community. And of course we just went and talked to them and said, Hey, this is what yeah. we want to do. And they went, Oh, absolutely. If we can get other people doing it, you know, it just right. brings, it just brings the community right. that much closer together. And that's why, you know, we do it. And, and I mean, cause we love those guys as well. I mean, God, look, I mean, I've got more friends than I've ever had in my life. And I mean, these guys are like brothers to me. Absolutely. This is all they me. Well, yeah, the flight test guys are awesome. You know, I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> the thing, the thing that I, the thing that I really like about flight test is, um, Josh Bixler has that amazing personality. It, it works well on camera mm -hmm. and it's, it's amazing in person. He's a truly genuine person. Um, mm -hmm. and that's really, uh, and they've been very careful to select people like that, um, you know, that are very yeah. genuine. Um, yeah. and, and some people, you know, some people have better camera personalities than others, but they all really um, have that passion. And that's what makes flight test great. Yep. Um, yep. It really is because at the end of the day, you're playing with toys. <laughs> and it's not very fun to play with toys with somebody who's really, really serious, you know. Yeah. It's gotta be. It's gotta be that loose engagement. That's right. So yeah, yeah you gotta have fun. Gotta if you ain't having fun, you know. right? Well, and like I said, I, I I live my life playing playing with toys. I mean, I was just like I was, I was like I was telling you guys earlier. I literally came home with the to the reminder, "Hey, you've got a podcast in an hour." And I'm like, "Crap, I gotta get a shower because I was literally jumping on trampolines." <laughs> with like 10 year olds. All right. <laughs> a trampoline down the road. I just never grew up. You know? Uh, Is that one but, of those big sky zone places? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, those things are awesome. Oh, they're That's great. Awesome. I'm glad we've got one. Finally. I don't care that I look like a fool to all the adults. All the adults kind of envy me for swallowing my pride. Right. That, right. You know, and yeah. I know that. Yeah. Deep down they do. They're jealous as hell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, and, and that's just it. I think I think we we t we as we grow older, we take ourselves too seriously. We really do, you know. And then there's yeah, people. Not at all. Like, I'm not gonna. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, there's a time to be serious, but outside of that, why bother? It's too right, much fun. To, yeah, it's 
that's one of the reasons why I like hanging out with uh, uh, Julian and Shane. Uh, those are the two guys up in Charlottesville because they're still young and they're very innovative. They're very creative. And kids' mm-hmm. minds aren't biased by anything. They're just they're right. full of life and energy. And I want to provide the resources that can make their dreams come to life. If I can. That's awesome, man. That That's that is fantastic. that is one of the coolest things you could. Yeah, you know, and I don't, don't have any kids of my own. Yep. <laughs> I don't have any kids of my yeah. own, but so I adopt everybody else's kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Right. Yeah. And then send them home when you're done with them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Hmm. I, I wonder if you could adopt me. I think I might be a little old. <laughs> yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, we I mean Hey, can't blame a guy for trying, man. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it's one of those things for me. The um the world is I understand that as we grow older the world becomes a different place than that when there's a kid. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean we have to stop enjoying it. No, and, not and at all. that's that's not kind at of all, man. I, I, I continue to be. I don't care what the world thinks. I'm gonna do my thing. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna worry about Absolutely. it. Do I look like a fool jumping yeah. on trampolines with ten year olds? Yes, I do, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> you know, do I uh, do I look weird in the middle of this field with goggles on my face? Yes, I do, and I don't care. <laughs> you know? yeah. Absolutely not. Uh, so okay. yeah, stay well, young. Yeah, absolutely. And and talking about getting old, it's ten o'clock, a little after ten, your guys' time. Uh it's yep. nine o'clock my time. I can't believe it's already been two hours. I mean, man, it was unbelievable talking to you. Yeah, I mean it's you, awesome, you really really, you know, brought some really neat stuff to us. And uh, uh I, I know that everybody listening is is just gonna love this episode. Because Pat and I didn't have to talk much at all, so it's that's right. Great. You didn't have to listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I, I wanted, that's why. These, that's why they're going to love it. Well, these kind of things I use to reach out to people and hope I can hook up with people that have a dream that I can help make a reality. Well, I, and, I, you know, and and that's and, why we do it. And, and if, whether it's racing, um, you know, you want to race wings, or you've got an idea that you know you just you want to try out. Talk to me. I'm here. I mean, I don't, I'd, I'd love to hear it. Um, that's, uh, I, I look at it like this. Everybody, I think at some point of their life ponders what's the meaning of life. And to me, your life doesn't have meaning if it's about you. But when you touch somebody else's life and improve theirs, your, your life instantly gains meaning and purpose. Um, yep. so I look at it like this, the more people whose lives I can make better, the better human being I am and the better mark I've left on the world. So, that's awesome. There you go. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's, that's why I started the FPV WRA. That, that's why, you know, that's why I want people to get a hold of me and say, Hey Alex, I got this idea for a great airplane, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's hear it. Let's see it. Um, you know? That's what I want. Just send me send me some files so I have something to work with, and I'll cut it for you. Just take Ooh. care of my just take care of my materials and and the cost of shipping, and and I'm good. That's it. Um, and believe it or not, EPP is not that expensive. Yeah, and it's not cheap, but it's not that expensive. Yeah, right. 
you know, so, uh, you know, if you, if anybody wants to do that, I, I would very happily um, do that. I, I would very happily cut an airplane for them. No problem. Yeah, I, awesome. I can see a couple of people pretty quickly getting a hold of you. <laughs> yeah. Please do. Please do. Yeah. I mean, the, because I don't necessarily interface with a lot of my customers. Um, and a lot of my customers that I do interface with, they all have different backgrounds, but there are more backgrounds out there who I, that I'd like to know. There's, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like to see what else is out there, uh, meet other people. And so why not? And sure, I get into what I call the design funk, where I just don't feel like designing or innovating anymore. Yep. And when something like they say, hey, I got this idea for an airplane that gets the juices going again. And it's like, Oh, okay. Yep. All right. And I start designing again. I start getting excited. Um, <laughs> so it helps bring me out of the slump. <laughs> Absolutely. Because, you know, I, I go back through all the projects that I've done in my life and go, wow, this really is where I'm happiest. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, but if, but sometimes you get that funk and nothing brings you out of it quicker than to find somebody who's passionate about it too. Yep. yep. So, yeah, and yep. then always a new. I've been there. A, yeah, a fresh new set of eyes does wonders for people too. So, a fresh new thoughts. Somebody with a just a just a fresh yeah. thought coming in. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, that's it, that's it, what I mean. You know, new eyes, new thought process, stuff like that. Perspectives. Yeah, just different perspective all the way around, and usually you can, you know, you can jump on that, and then. Yeah. God, then it just runs crazy for a while. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes somebody needs to kick you in the butt. Um. <laughs> You know, well. Luminator brought out that Axie antenna, um, and it's a, it, and it was designed by Hugo of True RC Canada, the guy who I developed a lot of stuff with that couldn't seem to get a foot anywhere because he couldn't manufacture it, you know, effectively. Um, and he had some durability problems, but, you know, he was a very good engineer. And, and Luminator offered him the opportunity. Granted, they offered it to me first, but I felt that um, – I couldn't do that because I have other vendors and I can't develop something specifically for them that competes with my other vendors and their products. Mm-hmm. And I also felt that I didn't want to uh, step on Raphael's toes. So I turned it down. Um, and they gave Hugo, it offered Hugo a very, very nice opportunity. On the other hand, um, you know, he designed something absolutely incredible. Um, and so it kicked me in the butt. And I spent a week where I barely left my shop designing something better. Wow. Now <laughs> I'm going to have it. And the difference is, is it's made in the USA, just like all my products are. Yeah. So I took it as motivation to design something, to design something better. So, and, and now I have it. And That's great. It, it, well, that's, that's what it takes. Yeah. And, and well, I like I like the fact that you got everything you know that you're designing, you're making right here in the United States. And for the people that are listening to us now, if you want to buy stuff from the U.S., buy his stuff. Yeah, it's it's good stuff. <laughs> it, it is good stuff. On top of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing is, is we've kind of lost touch with the main in the USA. We really have. Yep, we have. Um, I mean, everything is made in China other than clothes. They usually say made in, in Malaysia. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, we like to say, well, they're, 
they're, uh, you know, we, we, we always talk about, you know, one of the political topics is unemployment, yet you buy stuff from another country, okay? Explain to me how that's supposed to keep working, <laughs> you know? Explain to me how you're going to create jobs for Americans by buying from a foreign country, <laughs> exactly. you know? So, um, uh, but the reason, the, the, that's not the only reason I designed the U.S. and, and manufactured in the U.S. I have control of the, the process. I have control of the quality. I can verify what goes out the door is going to work. Um, you know, I, I don't have to spend all this time in China, you know, I can employ my friends, neighbors, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and sure. Um, and if I want to make a change, I don't have to fly over to China to change it. Like somebody oh, right. says, Oh, that, that didn't work as well as I'd like. You need to do this. You need to make this change. I go, yeah, you're right. It's getting made tomorrow. Thanks. You know, I can change it just like that. So, yep. so there, there is, there is a, but on the other hand, I can manufacture a lot cheaper in China. Um, and I wouldn't be getting, I wouldn't be getting ripped off the same way I am now. Um, would I still be getting ripped off? Yeah. yeah. But it wouldn't be the same way. Um, it wouldn't be so easy. But, you know, that's my choice. Um, it is what it is. Um, I am making a living at it. No, I'm not driving a Maserati or whatever. I'm driving a 10-year-old clunker, and that's just fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because I got a, I got a basement full of model airplanes. There you go. <laughs> so do I. It's awesome. Priorities, man. Priorities. And a lab, and a lab full of electronic equipment. That's just—it's as much a toy as is a tool. That's so. Right. You know, it may not pay well, but that's okay. <laughs> if it pays good enough that you and that you're enjoying life, you know what? That's Isn't what that enough? It? Right. You're doing well then. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's just it. Is uh. Uh, he who enjoys his work never works a day in his life. That's right. And, and, and you're richer than most of the guys that's got a lot of money anyway. Well, the truth is, is there, that's a half truth. You work really hard when you work for yourself. Yeah. Oh, I know. I've owned my own business, but the, the thing, hard. the thing that I notice is, is when you're doing it, you know, for yourself, you tend to be happier because yeah. you know that everything that you do I mean, you cause and affect everything. Right. Everything. Well, I think what's interesting is um, when I first quit my full-time job, and that was the hardest thing to do. I mean, and, and it, I, I, it couldn't have been written on the wall any better, but it's really nervous when you say, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop a short form of income to do my own thing. And I had a high-paying job, a high-ranking job. I mean, I was the lead engineer. I had my own shop designing a product that only two companies in the world built. And I got to design on the fly. And I turned, I passed, I love that. Now, granted, I started to hate the job because they fired my boss and put in new management that I really didn't like. And I had a lot of, like I said, I had a lot of respect for my boss. And that, mm -hmm. that was basically, when, I, when that happened, I'm like, I'll stick it out and see what happens. And then, you know, my company that I was running also at the time started to take off and I'm like, you know what? This is stupid. I love what I'm doing outside of work. I'm going to take the risk and make the jump. And then, uh, the day I decided to do that, I called up who is now my operations manager. His name's Mark. I said, Mark, I've got an offer to make you and then you're going to make me an offer. I said, I want to know how much 
it's going to take for you to move your family up here and work for me. And I said, don't answer that right now. I want you to sit down and talk it over with your wife. Um, I knew he was innocent. He's a really good guy. And I knew he was in a, in a, he, he's, he's, he actually just retired from the military and let's just say the military, um, didn't necessarily treat him as well as they should have and put him in a rough situation. Um, and so I, uh, I basically reached out to him and said, I believe in you. We, we have become friends. It's like, I believe in you. You're a leader. I need your leadership to make this work. You make me an offer after you fit, discuss this with your wife. And so, um, and I also told him there's a minimum that you could offer me. Not a max, a minimum. Like you have to offer, you have to bring at least this much or I'm going to tell you to go back and talk it over with your wife and ask for more. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's literally what I said to him, you know. Um, and uh, so he moved up here and literally slept um, on a mattress on the floor of my guest bedroom. Now, my, my house is a two-bedroom house. This is not a big oh, wow. um, And he did that for seven months before his family moved up here um, over, the, over the summer two years ago. Um, but after I had hung up the phone with him to make that call, um, John Graves from Graves RC called me. Mm-hmm down in Florida and they said, yeah, I'm going to, I'm ready to place another order with you and this kind of stuff. And do you think anything, there's anything else I should talk? I said, anything you want. I just put in my two weeks notice this, this morning. Um, so I'm doing this full time now. So whatever you need. And he goes, Oh wow, that's great. So now you can set your own schedule. And I went, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and he said, oh, so you've already realized it's 24-7, right? Uh, right. I already know what I signed up for. You know, <laughs> you know he just, we just had a good laugh. He was like, as long as – his whole thing when I said that, he's like, don't set your expectations too high, my friend. <laughs> like, no, um, you know, that was – but, you know, I've um, – I, I, you know, my, my crew is kind of interesting. Um, but I really care about them. And that's the other reason I won't send anything off to China because I won't send, I won't send somebody's job to China. Sorry. You're, I am going to work my butt off to make sure that they have a job. And I do, I do continue sure. to work. Um, when I sit down and design and plan, um, they're on my mind, not my, not myself. Um, because sure. if I wanted, I mean, I could team up with Team Black Sheep and and for everything, and forget about my own business. But and probably be better off that way. Um, but the truth is, is I I really care about my guys, I really do. Um, and that's, I think I'm hoping that shows. I hope they notice that. Um, you know, it's uh, most of what most of the long hard hours I put in is for them. Okay. Well, awesome. I, I would I would almost say that they do notice it. I mean, you had a guy living, you know, in a, in a spare bedroom on a mattress right. for right. seven months. So there, I I really doubt <laughs> they don't see it, or they wouldn't give you probably. And and I'm gonna guess, but I, I would almost imagine that everyone that works for you would probably there's nothing they wouldn't do for you. Most likely. Um. Most you know, likely. And most likely and not. there's reasons behind that. Yeah. 
you know, because well, of yeah. the fact that, that, that it, you know, I mean, that's a two-way street. Like human beings. You got to treat them like human yeah. beings. That's what they are. That's that's pretty. That's a pretty damn novel concept you got there. Yeah, right. I know, right? <laughs> but, but how many employers? How many people that are listening to this podcast go? I'm a number. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. It's very unfortunate. Um, they, don't, they don't have that sense of, you know, their boss, somebody they hate, they can't stand. You know, that kind of stuff. That, I don't. That's no good. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to change that. I, I want to keep that. These guys. Um, I remember going to look. At, at my, one of my employees was looking to buy his first car and you know, a young kid. Um, and his thing was, uh, we had come back from one of the, a fly in and I let him drive my car. He had never drove a stick shift. Oh boy. He's from Mississippi. <laughs> he had, he had, he's from Mississippi. So he's never dri- really driven through the mountains. Uh-huh. And my car handles the mountains very well. And he couldn't drive my car to save his life. <laughs> he would stall it out. It was jerky. And I'm like, come on, man. Take it easy. It's, it just don't be so nervous. But then we get on Route 60 coming home. And it is the windiest mountain road. And I'm like, Jason. Floor it, you know, downshift, come on. And all of a sudden he starts smacking through the gears, start driving like a pro. And he's slowing down for the course, like, keep going, man, this car can do that. You know, so I just keep egging him on, <laughs> you know, like, come on, you can do this. So next so he's whipping my car through the, through the canyons. And he's like, I got to have this car. So like, a month later he found one and I drove down with him. Um, and instead of taking out a loan, I handed him the money and said, now, you you know, I'm not charging you interest. <laughs> you wow. know? Awesome. Oh, wow. So um, that's, uh, you know, would, would, a, would, a, would a bank give a, I guess he was 18 at the time, 18 or 19. Um, would a bank really want to give a loan to somebody like that who has no credit? Probably no, not. No. That's pretty, if they do, it's very predatory. So I'm like, you know oh, what? Yeah. Here you go, dude. I got it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so yeah, that's and a lot of my guys have stories like that, um, where they came from. Because sure. why not? Um, that's it's it's. I my business. I want to run like a family, and I don't mean a dysfunctional family. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love it. It, it. It's because when I go to work, I feel good about it. I feel good about waking up in the morning, I, I, you know, and, and going to work. Good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, and there's something to be said for that. And, you know, if I, if I ever need anything, I've got a bunch of people I can call and say, Hey, help me out. <laughs> you know, yep. right. and I, guarantee right. exactly. you, I guarantee you there won't be a second thought. So it's, yep. it's cool. It's cool. And, it's the way the world. And that's is. the way it should be. Yeah. Yeah. It really should be. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, so and, and and that's the thing is I I they look at the flight test community as I can extend that courtesy to them too. So well, well, we we absolutely believe it's a family. I know I I met you in fifteen uh, briefly, but I did meet you, and you were just like you are right now, nicest guy, yeah. you know. And I mean that's that's the way everybody is there. So right, it's and that's the thing that's nice about it. The RC community is. It's definitely, well, not, 
the whole RC community. But yeah, I was going to say, hold on. <laughs> the flight test community yeah. is a different group. It really is. Yes, it is. It really yeah. is a different group. And I really, I really look forward to going to Flight Fest uh, next year, this upcoming one. Yep. Um, yep. And I fully intend to have a FPV plane in full contact combat again. Awesome. And there you, you go. Bet it's going to be screaming fast. Absolutely. Um, you know, that kind of thing. I, mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. I like the people. I like the event. I, I just like the, the atmosphere. The atmosphere uh, is fantastic. And I, you know, it's, um, it gives me that sense of there are people out here who still like to build, create, innovate. There are still people out here who just love to fly. That's awesome. Yes. Yep. So. Yep. Absolutely. Well, on that note, we should probably start wrapping it up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. My, uh, my girlfriend uh, just uh, gave me my dinner. So. Ah, well, yeah, well, perfect timing then. Right. So, so, yeah, well, again, Alex, appreciate it more. Uh, you've been a great uh, – You've been awesome. A great co-host. We don't call you guys guests. You guys are co-hosts because – you're part of it now, so. <laughs> well, um, I hope I hope some people take me up on the offer. Um, that, that I think they will. Have a, have a design. They have a design they want made. Um, I hope they take me up on the offer. Cool. Uh, awesome. I, I, I think they will. Yep. Let's hope so. Let's I hope so I because I know the smile on their face. Yeah. I know the smile yeah. that will be on their face when they, uh, when they build up their own, their creation. So. Yeah, that'll be cool. Well, again, uh, thank you so much, Pat. Always good to see you. Joel, we hate yep. that you're not here because you really missed out. And by the way, we didn't get to say anything, but uh, TJ Williams was going to be on with us. I think you know TJ, don't you? I don't know him. Oh, okay. You don't know him? Okay. No, well, he, I, I he's know a of him, but not, not yeah. personally. I know who he is. But oh, Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. Well, we we were gonna have him on just to kind of fill in for Joel, and and he's a little smarter than Pat and I. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know, we really didn't need it because you you were giving up enough information that we didn't even have to ask hardly any questions no, at all. It's fantastic. So, no, it was I, I, it was so cool. Well, I, the reason I do is I there's a lot that I'm excited about that I have going on, and I, mm -hmm. I let the community be part of it. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, we, we want to give a shout out to TJ because, uh, you know, he's got five kids and I guess four of them now have the stomach flu today. So that's why he yeah. didn't Oh, man. So. <laughs> it it's, can't be pretty so at the Williams household tonight. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure at that Williams household, it's probably really ugly right now. <laughs> and, and, you know, just just want him to know we're thinking about him and his, and his wife and and uh, the kids and everything, and hope they get better soon because I know how that is. He doesn't catch it. That would stink. Right. Yeah, exactly. Although, if you have so, four kids that are sick, anyway. guess what? Yeah, He's you're, you're going to get it. He knows what's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody in the house is going to have it. So. Yep. Yep. But, uh, but anyway, again, eat your dinner. Thank you so much. Anytime you want to come on, absolutely give us a holler. We'll be more than happy to have you on again. Uh, if you got something new you want to pimp or anything else, man, all you got to do is holler at us. More than happy to help you out. Yeah, and, and thank you for being willing to come on. It's yes, you no did. Problem. You were awesome. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely well, I mean, awesome. 
I appreciate it. I really appreciate that. I, I mean, I've always felt that um, that attitudes are contagious, and I look at things like this as the opportunity to inspire other young engineers and designers and innovators to um, come forward and, and not be afraid to, to chase a dream for a little bit. You know, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So, well, have a good so, night, yeah. guys. It's good to see you. Yep. Thank you so good much. Night, and uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk to you at some point uh, oh, in yeah. the next week or so and, and uh, kind of see how things are going. Yeah, yeah, I'll let you know what's uh, what's going on. Like I said, I've got I've always got something new going on. Um, Absolutely. And uh, you know, the first of the year, uh, hopefully the Vegas race is awesome. We'll see. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I can't imagine it's so looking, Yeah, so looking forward to seeing how that does, man. Because I I, oh, yeah. I can't imagine it doing anything but well. So yeah, the only the only the only thing that I'm worried about is whether I will get a chance to race or if I have to run it. I really oh, want to race. Yeah. I really want to race. I'm not <laughs> able to. But I, I know there are a couple of guys going out there, uh, going out to race. Um, They're very good pilots. And I just cannot wait to put my best on the track with them. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, have a good one, Alex. Thank you again. And uh, uh, we'll talk to you next time. To everybody else, thanks for listening. And blue skies. And we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Good night, everybody. Take care, everybody. Take care.